Do your feet sweat in work boots? If you struggle with sweaty feet, you need the best-selling Camel City Mill Lightweight Work Sock. You'll have dry, comfortable feet as their sweat-wicking merino wool is 35% better at wicking moisture compared to polyester socks. Plus, a 10-year durability guarantee thanks to their proprietary Ironside Merino Wool and Nylon Fortified Heel and Toe. Your feet won't hurt and recover faster because of the compression in the arch and calf, which helps circulation through a full 14-hour shift. Expect all-day comfort, even with steel-toe boots due to the extra cushion in the toe. These socks are completely USA-made in North Carolina. Order ship within 24 hours, and anything over $50 ships for free. To get your socks today and see how insanely durable these socks actually are, go to CamelCityMill.com and use the code DIESEL15 and get 15% off your first order. Remember, use the code DIESEL15 for 15% off your entire order at CamelCityMill.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Swag and Grime. And we are coming at you from our new studio space. Thank you, Greg motherfucking Johnson. What's up? We are, uh, we are in Greg's office. We have moved locations. And so this is our this is kind of our first episode in the new space. So we'll see how the acoustics Actually, do. Actually, we're in Greg's building, not his office. But that's, if we were in that's his true. office, we'd be under the desk. Just saying. You you really tend to go there just right off the get go. Well, the way you just fucking phrased it, bro. You said we were in his office, and there's a couple dudes in here, and Greg's office would be wrong. That is Rick <laughs> the Dick Falco, weird. ladies and gentlemen. How You're are you? Fucking right, it is. Yeah, doing well, man. Doing and, well. And our guest for this evening is a local boy. We got Luke Stamper from Stamper and Sons. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks for, for being coming. on. Yeah, this is great. So, uh, so tonight we have something special for you guys. We're going to try yet another game because we're really liking the games. Greg, can you please inform the audience of what we are in for tonight? So I had my daughter grab a bunch of phrases from uh, Cards Against Humanity, and we're all going to draw a handful out of Nice. Tag. We have no idea what the fuck they say, but we're going to try and work them into our conversation somehow. Yes, we have to. Meow. We have to. We... we- we had what? What is the punishment if we don't? I don't know. That's someone's got to sleep with Totten. Well, I feel like <laughs> oof, <laughs> big spoon or little spoon. <laughs> Let him eat a fucking Tons little Viagra or, fucking, or report to Greg's. I desk. truly feel like we don't have to have a punishment. <laughs> yeah, 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 report to right. Greg's office and yeah, work your office. pay raise. Hey, what are we? What, I what don't know that of? we need a punishment because, in all honesty, I feel like this crowd we we might run out of them. Too fast. <laughs> what kind of fetishes do we think Todd's got going on? Oh, that's Something true. Todd ain't here. Like, yeah. think of something because, you know, we already shit all over you. Yeah. Which well, I still haven't listened well, to. Well, hold on. Let's not get off track. We got to get to we gotta the get to the game. So, oh, so basically, yeah, we got a game. Cards Against yeah. Humanity yeah. phrases. We yeah. have to, we, we can't see anybody else's. We can only see our own, which we're about to draw out of a hat. And... We have to naturally and organically. That's the other thing too, guys. It has to be organic and natural. You can't just like randomly toss out there. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Love it. You have to make it this natural transition, but you have to use your cards before the end of the show. So let me try it. So you're just literally telling a story like why Totten isn't here. He's out there mowing the grass, taking 
his daughter to school while he's fucking a chicken. And that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 All right. That's why it's important to get these out of the hat as soon as possible, but we need to figure out the punishment for whoever doesn't finish them up. Otherwise, the Nazis will impregnate their goats. Fucking A, they will. <laughs> that's they how will it's going to go. Take you have over, to bro. And what if someone calls you out? With your statement as you say it because it wasn't nonchalant enough. Okay, well, if that's the case, if I'm, I'm thinking there will be extras in the hat. Like, we'll have to see how many if pull we all another. Draw. You have to pull another. I think oh. this, I think this we, might be a regular regular game. I think okay. we get a permanent marker, and then when someone <laughs> calls you out or you're wrong, we get the right across your fucking forehead. Well, what happens if you get called out more than once? You well, run out of real estate. Like like a, like a, you're going to look like a full of dicks on my forehead. Yeah, you're going to look like a fucking advertising bulletin board, bro. <laughs> Maybe that is it. You, it's almost like the uh, the little stickers on the side of the plane that designate how many kills you've got. Except yeah. ours are going to be dicks on the forehead, and right. that's how many times who's you got, got called five, out. Who's got five bucks in their pocket? Well, I'll put five bucks the first person to get. I didn't bring my wallet out. in here. I'm just saying. I had five bucks, and you made me stop for ice. Oh. I was going to say, whoever, whoever gets them all out first takes the pot. Well, Luke's, oh. still, Luke's still making money for the economy crashes. you got to have a couple bucks in your wallet, bro. <laughs> 20 bucks, Luke. Throw it in. Throw you, it in. You can't even say you spent it on a hot and ready because, by God, you, you already outed yourself. Disappointing. So yeah. t- tell Very. us about that story. How did that, that go? Was, so tried to get home, have some dinner real quick. Wasn't ready. Um Went to stop into Little Caesars real quick. Not a real quick experience. Yeah, yeah. We'll have one ready for you in about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sorry. What? Hot how how is this ready? Hot and ready? Like not even <laughs> cold or remotely ready. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Right. So that's supposed to be like a walk in, pay now, walk out kind of service. You would think, judging through. The theology of the name, hot, hot and ready. ready. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, though, bro, there's a shortage going on in America right now. Pizza shortage. Mm-hmm. There's Chalk a it everything up. shortage. Chalk it up with the concrete shortage. Never We're heard just, of that one. I think, the, I think the common sense shortage is really happening. Look at that. We've been in that one for a long time. That has, yeah, that's here. It's yeah. not going anywhere either. It started either. two years ago. <laughs> So I think we should draw. I think I think we should draw our our cards that we should we well, should mentally prepare here. Why don't you let our guests go first, boys? I'm fine with that. Like, he just passed it over here. I, I like it, how you're taking it. Is Thanksgiving fine. and stuff? Yeah, fucking right? Right? Just passing shit around the table. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. I'm more like a one-off. How, one many, you, how many did you get? I got one. So so take. Let's start with three and see how many are we'll left. Let's go around the table three times. Okay, fair yeah. enough. All right, meow. You know why? <laughs> why just do it all in one? Get the marker one. out. Yeah, right now. All right. Okay. All right. So there's number one pass. This is ex- oh, this, this is, is easy. This is exciting. How in the fuck am I supposed to put a paragraph into a phrase, bro? <laughs> Can I take like snippets out of it? You gotta well, use look it, man. A skinny piece of paper. I mean, common sense would tell you if you picked up a half a sheet of paper. Yeah, but like your we daughter seriously put some effort into this and heard some wild shit. That's all I gotta say. Now, do we match this word for word, or do we have to I just paraphrase? I, I think it's gotta I hit feel it on like, the head. I feel like it's gotta hit it on the head, and so if you need to kind of keep it up to where you can read it and... and like, I'm, I'm fine of, with you reading it off the card. It just has to be in an organic fashion. Like, you, you, can't, you can't force it. Can't chicken fucker. Yeah, it's like kissing penises around here, buddy. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That's what you got to go Every in for. Every time. That's Mr. one thing I don't dick. have any experience with. No? So I, I, you just go straight to sucking. There's no kissing. <laughs> Here we are. I got well, my third. We're well, good. Let, well, oh, good. All right. See, all right. I already just used one. None of you fuckers caught it. So. What was it? Kissing penises. Really? Oh, is that really it? <laughs> now, now that's a testament to how much you talk about Fuck doing yeah. gay shit on this show. Is no one caught it? Because you're it's just another Rick phrase. That's <laughs> fucking right, bro. I could go either way. You know what? I think we do a contest of how many you can get through. Oh, well, I'm already one down. So let's that's keep drawing. Like I know this is supposed to be Luke's podcast and all that stuff. But, it is you know. Luke's podcast, but I mean. I see a competition in who can get through the most of these motherfuckers. Well, let's just keep drawing as we're talking. But Luke, while we're talking, well, I tell you what, we'll do. Let's let's use the three we'll that we've got. We, three we got, and, and then, then reach you, in. Yeah, and then reach into the pot. Well, can I reach in and grab some more? No, you got to no, use you your other two. It. Oh, I already used empty. one. Yeah, you, you got to use the other two. We got to see how on the ball you are. So, Luke, tell us a little bit about your business and your low standard of living. <laughs> <laughs> So, Are you I, living the American dream? <laughs> we're living it uh, day by day. Uh, run a very, very small excavation company. Um, we do a little bit of everything, light commercial, very, very light industrial. Basically, whatever the need is, wherever it fits and you know wherever we can get our fleet of equipment to work and however we can get it to work, we send it. Um, it's... We started out with basically getting all the bull crap work that nobody else wanted to do, and we would get the jobs that no one else would show up for, or they were supposed to be here a month ago, and just kind of got the ball rolling with that, and just kept shoveling and never turned around and just kept taking every opportunity we get and just going with it. Well. Can I rewind this? Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we? We start in the beginning. Where did Where did Luke start? So in the beginning, in the very very beginning, um, my family owned a concrete company, um, and I would have been the fourth generation if we so chose to take over with my cousin. And back when 06, it for us it was 06. When 06 hit us, um, I watched pretty much everyone around me go down swinging, unfortunately. And by the time everyone paid their bills and took care of everything, there was just absolutely nothing left. So the company pretty much got dissolved. And here I am graduating in 07 and turning around, it's like, okay, well, I've done concrete my entire life. But even before the concrete, the other side of my family was always excavation. And I was always more concerned with what the other side of my family was doing. Excavation had always piqued my interest, always just brought me closer to it. And I was always more interested in it. And growing up simultaneously, my dad always had an excavation gig on the side doing just odds and ends, driveways, small clearing jobs, stuff like that. And as time went on, um, just got more and more enveloped with it and just fell in love with it. And then again, 06 happened and you couldn't steal a job, couldn't find a job. It didn't matter what your qualifications were, what you could, couldn't do. None of it mattered. 
So ended up going out on the road for a company out of Fowlerville for seven and a half, eight years doing low voltage. And finally, once the economy turned around in 13, um, started this and never turned around. So you are the original stamper and son. I am the original. So my dad has had his own company all the while while I was gone, and he still has his own company, and um, we help each other out, and basically his jobs get done, mine get done. We work together on a daily basis and just keep it simple. So who's the son? So I'm Stamper and Son. I took over the Stamper and Son name because that was always um, my family's concrete's concrete business name was stamper and son cement gotcha okay and always had a large amount of respect for my uncle my grandpa which is where all that came from and just throughout the years fell in love with the name and wanted to carry it on when i picked up the torch and started my company now why didn't why didn't you run after the concrete business if that's what's been going on I just, I did it my entire life and I watched, I I did it, I did it, I did it. And it was just not something, I just didn't want to work that hard my entire life. I feel like that's like a poor choice in life to fucking chase concrete we were just talking about we, we porn were literally and just talking about that before down, and that is some brutal fucking hard work my uncle jeff is my uncle jeff is uh he's pushing 60 years old right now and he's still uh still hammering on a daily basis and he's in great shape but it's just not something that I wanted to do. I would rather get into crippling debt like a moron and Fuck yeah. s- start the excavation company. I feel company. like that does take a when you're trying to pay special that. fucking person, yeah. though, when it comes to concrete, man. Like, you got to be just one of those dedicated workout motherfuckers that just don't like going to the gym. You're like, I'm going to go do it to make yep. some money. But the debt, I mean... The data getting into excavating is crazy. But, Touch it, on but that, you Luke. have a back at the end of the day. I'll take the debt over the concrete because yeah, I still have like, a back. Well, at I don't, the, I don't at know. At the end of the day, what is your backup plan? Like, if, if excavating bankruptcy, no, ranking at old people, I mean, what, what do you got to do? My well, backup plan is know, my ugly face and my honest. bad personality. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Honestly, I think it's, you know, you just wait for grandma to kick the bucket and you lean over and kiss her on the forehead as you pull the life support plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah whoops. You got dead parents and just boom. Yeah, it's a windmill full of corpses. <laughs> So, no, the, yeah, the data aspect of the excavation is something different, but it's just something that, you know, concrete is, uh, there's, there's always guarantees with concrete. It's going to turn white. It's going to crack. That's all there is to it. As opposed to, uh. People fucking freak when it cracks. Oh yeah. We poured concrete and watched it break Mm. in two fucking hours. It's, it's curing. Yes. Yeah. And, And it was with a contractor that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And so all of a sudden. Regular curing cracks became this like, well, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And we're going concrete fucking cracks when it cures, especially when you pour it in a fucking hundred foot long wall with oh, zero fuck. relief. Dude, like <laughs> we, we fucking had this retaining wall poured and fucking no one decided to put on the prints relief cuts where like where the expansion control joints would go. And we're sitting there. We're, we backfilled it fucking three days. After they poured, but we come up a level, 
So there's no load bearing. And I'm like, we're going to push the job. We're going to push the schedule a little bit here. And there's no load bearing. We just won't backfill it until the bitch cures. Fucking three, four days later, we come back over the weekend and there's fucking stress cracks on the wall. Instantly, the fucking super just starts going off like. Stress or shrink cracks? Shrink cracks. Yeah. Well, shrink cracks are 100% normal. Correct. Yeah. But there was no controlled joints cut. There was no fucking. There was nothing to relieve it so that it could actually shrink. This dude's coming unglued and we fucking blew the wall apart, this and that. We're like, well, why don't we fucking have the concrete company put some fucking release cracks in it? That ain't it. Dude, as soon as they fucking, those bitches were what, about a quarter inch apart? Yep. Fucking three of them. As soon as they put those bitch release cracks in, man, whack. Well, the other thing too is, and again, this is, this is, tradesmen aren't fucking dumb. We're actually pretty damn smart. So Rick and I are looking at these cracks because we know the prime's going to have an issue with it because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And and Rick's like, he's going to say we backed into it with the skid. And I'm like, yep, he sure is. And so we start looking at it and the crack is widest at the top. And it's only propagated about three quarters of the way down to the bottom. And there's two of them, and they're about 50 feet apart from one another. And I said, Rick, look at the way that's cracking. Like, the strain is coming from this thing trying to bow yeah. in she's line sh- with the wall. She's shrinking like a mofo. Like, if we had hit it, the the big crack would be on the back side of the wall. Right. And you wouldn't really see anything on the front. But instead, this is, this is literally the wall trying to tear in half because of the way that it's settling and everything. And so we had to walk him through that whole fucking logic. And it's just like, don't underestimate tradesmen. We know what the fuck we're doing. Like, we know how to look at this shit. So it's like the premier ball slapping sex your parents are having right now. That was way too forced. Fuck it. Put dick on the forehead. That one right there. You can't was, slide you that one through. You did Viagra before you came <laughs> I'm telling you right <laughs> now. You've got to, like, with something like that, you've got to savor it and wait for the right moment. You can't rush through these. <laughs> like, totally yeah, but that right there, I was not going to be able to fucking fit in anywhere, dude. It was way too long. <laughs> I, you know, I bet. What, what was I hey, supposed to do? Be like, Luke, when you, you really, gotta when wait. you really <laughs> got in out of the fucking recession and you really got into going to debt, it was like your parents fucking ball sack slapping across the fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. leg. You could have no. made it happen. I led right down the, the debt thing just so I could get rid of that. It was way too long for my My daughter skill listens set. to this, by the way. You understand that, right? Your daughter's the one that fucking wrote that of your ball sack. Slapping across someone else's butt cheeks. <laughs> it so. is true. My daughter did pick out all these cards, but yes. in my defense, my daughter's eighteen, so she picked out the funny ones. But with that going in, God, how old were you when you were diving in debt? When you decided not to go to concrete? Well, route? hang on. Did you go? You, did you go to any any higher education? Did you go to college? Anything like that? I barely made it through high school. Love and it. When I say barely, I. D is for a diploma, by the way. Yeah, I I mean, it wasn't even a D. I mean, through the skin of my teeth, I ended up pretty much, thank God for my principal and a guidance counselor I had because I got into some trouble um, in my junior year and they literally came to me. They pulled me in their office and they said, you're dropping out of school. I said, what? You're dropping out of school. We're not going to expel you. We're not going to do any of that. You're dropping out of school. You're going to lose credit for this semester, but this is what's going to happen. I'm like, whatever. So I rolled the dice. Were you running around with a cooler full of organs or something? (laughs) 
right. Fuck, man. <laughs> Look at that toss in right just, there. Just that. Yeah. Made no, some, just having uh, sex for the first time in the bathroom. You know, speaking of that, that leads to a lot of teen pregnancy. <laughs> it's just, the Kool-Aid, yeah. man. Just uh, made some horrible decisions, and uh, th- thank God for them. Uh, got through it, and like I said, took night school, got caught back up, and at barely, and graduated. And I knew that that just was not for me. And when all this was going on, the old man pulled me to the side, and he said, "Listen, moron, <laughs> it wasn't quite that. It was listen, you friggin' dumbass. It's gonna be this, okay? You are gonna work like I have." Your grandpa, your uncle, you are going to work like us every single day or you're going to go to school, get an education, and you're going to find something better to do with your life. Well, school is just not my thing. I'm a hands-on learner. I absolutely love doing things with my hands, and I knew I, I knew it. the course I was going down to begin with. So They, they almost gave me an E for effort in high school. So <laughs> let me ask like, you this. With that whole story and the way you laid that out there, do you feel like you are any sort of a failure or lesser than someone who went to college? And I I only ask that because of the way you worded that in that conversation with your dad. You know what? I don't feel, I feel whether you go to college, don't go to college, everyone's got their path in life. And I'm not degrading anyone for not going to college, going to college. Everyone's got their own course of action. Fuck and if college. that's Fuck the course, uh, well, yeah. And I mean, for some people, yeah, but you and I both know that there's guys that you can put out in our field. You can put brainiacs out in our field and they just sit there and stare and they don't know how to pick up a shovel. They don't know how to lay pipe. They can't run a dozer. They cannot do anything where college is their course of action. And that just wasn't me. So I no, I don't feel like a failure. Um, I'm still clinging and scratching on a daily basis to uh, to earn my spot in this world and say I've succeeded, but I'm not there yet. Do you feel like you've done enough with gonna, that walk of, I don't want to call it shame, but just the walk of the lashing that the tradesmen get, right? We were the guys that just couldn't hack it, couldn't make it in life, so we went this path, right? Do you feel like you've done enough to prove yourself these days? As far as that goes, I mean, I feel comfortable with my decision. I don't right. feel any amount of shame. Um <laughs> About doing it in the butt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. Ooh. The great thing Do you is, have we all to say to the nine thousand children who starved to death. Yeah, today. yeah, put that <laughs> one back. Get the marker out. The nine. So the best part about this is, we all know when we're using the lines, but the audience has no fucking idea. They're just kind of like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so I guess let, let me rewind Rick's question just a little bit, like. Do you think in the trades that you can carve out a living that would be equal to somebody who went to college for the amount of money? Do you, do you think it's worth it? At, to stay in the trades or go into yeah. the trades? I With everything the way it is right now and not being able to find help and knowing what my employees make and the living that they have, it is 100% worth it to go into the trades because if you want to show up, no, you're not going to have a nine to five that if you go into the trades, that does not exist. Nope. Um, you are going to be working nights, weekends. I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of sacrifice to earn your stars and stripes if you want to be someone of importance in this field. Yep. Um, but no, you can make a great living and I would encourage it to anyone. Are you happy? 
I am 100% happy. But all would you of, be happy if you got stuck in a desk job? I, I would probably be laying out in 59 right now. But I have to ask, is, is this all, like all of these responses, is that really because of the work ethic, the ethic that you're putting in, or is it just because of your white privilege? <laughs> well, it's part of being like a box. I mean, you just gotta you gotta take the good with the bad, and you just you just send it. You know. I mean, especially if you're working with Daddy's credit card. <laughs> it's like drinking responsibility, man. Now, yeah. with that though, back in the day, looking at it then, obviously your outcome and your decision making is different now versus the young Luke. When you first started going into the trades and you had those talks. Was there some guilt that you weren't going to college? Like, this is the path that you have to go? Not at all. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I, yeah, there there was no doubt in my mind. It was, I'm going to be a tradesman. This is what I'm going to do. Um, never knew exactly how far I was going to take it or what I was going to end up as. Um, owning a business never really even crossed my mind. Um, tried to get into several companies right when the economy was turning back around and they just looked at me basically because I'm not a good test taker. Um, and they're like, well, you can't take a test. You're, you're not worth anything to us. I'm like, so since when did taking a test become a thing for operating equipment or being a foreman or whatever? And here we are. You know, it's funny, though, when you say taking a test and, you know, we don't have the rights to make college, those, those kind of decisions and educational skills. But yet in the crucial moments in the excavating realm that we're in, you make on the spot daily decisions that there's no playbook for. Oh, there's a playbook. It's called the engineering plans. And about 68% of the time, they're a hundred percent wrong. And there is nothing that you can do or say to change that. And you need to come up with a solution at that point in time to make sure that you can overrule that, keep them in the loop, and then come up with a proper solution to make everything work simultaneously. But you weren't taught that going to school, right? You barely made it out of high school. So how are you going to take a educational decision like that from the trades and make those kind of decisions. School of hard knocks. So go. it is interesting. <laughs> I, uh, Deja vu all over again. I interviewed. Oh, look at Ooh, you. So smooth. It was um, explosive. So, <laughs> so I, it's funny that, that we're having this conversation. Uh, I spoke to a guy today from a company that does uh, like really high level, high end takeoff software and modeling software. And he said, They've just started to get into actually doing takeoffs for all of the underground stuff that goes on a job. And he said, I wish this was a joke. 80% of the plans. <laughs> Greg just drew a good one. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. It's what happens when you're the middle child. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, he said 80%. Uh, this is fit in nowhere. What? What? Never. Never? Never. You're just going to have to jam it in now. Just, You're going to have to pull a Rick. Alcoholism's just, <laughs> just Greg, coming force through. that bitch. Oh. Greg's going to be peeing on people to mark them. <laughs> By the end of this, we're all going to be finger painting. <laughs> but no, he said 80% of the plans they ran through their software from engineering firms had actual pipe intersections that were going to interfere. 80%. This is coming from the engineers who are designing with software. And they can't get it right 80% of the time. 
Yet we're the dumb fucking tradesmen. You know, I love it, though, because the engineers come out after so they fucking... engineers can't get it right. The fucking Little Caesars guys can't get it right. But they but went to school. Heading? Here we are. They went to school. It fits on the print. You $5 dug $5 it. You look at it. aren't right. <laughs> Was it five dollar foot longs? What was the what was the card? Oh no, you'll know. You'll <laughs> oh, know. Okay, all right. <laughs> Finna find out. Yeah, I think we're it's out. Empty. We we have blown through them. Yeah, it's like Holy going bald. Shit, we got to make this more challenging. Butt as a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> we cook some hot dogs in that bitch. <laughs> I, I, did get rid of it. I did get rid of it. Well, that sucks. We're out. Or I think we actually need to get the, the cards. If you, I, I have it up north, so I'm going up for Thanksgiving. I'll bring it back. Okay, that's the yeah. only reason he's going up north. This, you're right. That's right. <laughs> this was this was fun. This was a good time. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. Now, with everything being said, though, and getting back to your story with going to high school and not going to high school, starting your career. How did you end up falling into your business and this has become your realm? It it just it just sort of happened. Um father-son relationships, right? Uh for anyone who's ever done it, it's it's a very very tough go and I love my dad more than anything in the world, but you put two of like kind together and they just butt heads continuously. And again, um, it came to a point where, all right, you're, you're going to go your way. I'm going to go my way. And essentially nothing changed. Um, that kind of forced me. Thank you, Greg. Again, (laughs) I was applying to different companies and, you know, cause he was always kind of on the side type deal and doing this and doing that. And I was applying to numerous different companies at the time. You know, the big outfits, mm-hmm. Danny's, Levy, um, trying to get into these corporations or companies. And they just looked at me like I was a complete leper. And when all this started transpiring, um, just started, I went and bought a skid track. Then I went and bought an excavator. And just one thing kind of led to another. And again, at the end of the day, me and the old man are still on the job site together every single day. And we have our moments, but... 99% exactly and 99% of the time it's smooth as silk and I wouldn't trade working with my old man for anything in the world and I'm happy we've developed the relationship we've got and that's just kind of what forced us into where we're at now I mean those are really cool experiences that's what's really cool about the trades getting to work with family I mean, I would say it's it's almost as good as the primal ball slapping sex your parents are having right now. That's how you work that one into the conversation, Rick. Yeah, you still have one? No, no that was that the one that his. he just, he he just ramrodded yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, he did just send it. <laughs> little little foreplay would go a long way. Yeah, I didn't know if the using my butt as a microwave was going to fit anywhere. <laughs> you could have you worked that into a plumbing story. That's Last true. Last February that true. when I was in the trench in my underwear, that oh, yeah. would have helped. <laughs> yep. Yeah. True story. Now, what, what happened? The reason I bought my communication system was we, because of that. We, we got a... We got to go into the story. What working in Southfield, baby? Start at the beginning. Don't start. Oh yeah, I told Rick the story. Okay, so it we, was Southfield. We, pop, we fucking pop Brian's cherry down in Southfield. So yeah, back to <laughs> engineers and all these guys in schooling that know absolutely everything. Yep. Um. So first rule, at least in my book, okay, you never, ever, ever, ever 
put said home in first before putting the sewer tap in. There can be guys that'll argue with me on this all day, every day, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. For me, elaborate a little more. Inconceivable. <laughs> because we got we got guests that aren't even exposed so, to some of this. So going a little more detail. When you start getting into a sewer tap, especially when you get down Southfield, you get into these real nasty areas that have a high water table, sand content, and you're just in an absolute mess. You put the house in first, especially when it's in a crawl space because the water table's so bad, and your sewer taps at. 12 feet deep, Yeah, that's a problem to begin with. So if you put your sewer tap in first or try to do your sewer tap first, that gives you a chance to find out said homeowner, you, okay, we're going to do your sewer tap. This should be a one day in and out. No problem. Yeah. Well, okay. We get down six foot and water starts boiling in. Uh, well, this is a problem because county decided to run their perforated 12-inch storm sewer all the way down, and the particular lot we were doing had this storm sewer. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. No, I guess. you're good. No, this I, is kind of well, but, you're, but you're what explaining. I'm saying is, okay, we can go into this and then it kind of get back yeah. to the main point. Yeah, yeah. But they ran their perforated storm sewer all the way through right above our tap, uh, or our lead, rather, and soon as we started digging, water started absolutely boiling in because their entire system had failed. And when I say failed, there was no outlet. Everything was inletted. It was all perforated and it was all sand. So you had the entire length of storm pipe filled to the brim with water and you just created the one pocket of relief. A mile all the way on both sides of the street going oh, down the street. And you're probably in the lower point of the road? I am at the lowest absolute point of the road. Love it. So we started. That thing blew wide open. We had three four-inch pumps in different manholes. Holy shit. Exhausting and, and it. And a vac truck. And a vac truck. Holy well, this is even shit. before the vac truck showed up. We exhausted it for four days before Greg even showed up. <clears throat> And we were blowing it out onto the main road, and they were getting a little bit frustrated with us because we were blowing sand out onto the road. I said, listen, you guys have the storm the storm drain that had failed at this point. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Right. I have nowhere to pump this water. Yep. So the engineers came out, and they're oh, like, yes. oh, well, I guess I see your point. Well, you go ahead and do what you need to do. Like, why am I doing this when this is your problem? So anyways, we started digging and digging and digging and a quicksand, quicksand, a simple 12 foot deep sewer tap that should have been in and out in four hours, inspected, backfilled, done, done, turned into now we're three days deep, still trying to locate the lead because at this point, the entire front yard is washed in. (laughs) The water lead is washed in. Curb stops broke off. Don't forget to tell them you stayed the night in your truck babysitting pumps. All night. Yep. Two nights in a row on my birthday. <clears throat> Fuck yep. that. Happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to me. Business but ownership is fun. That is business ownership. Is, you are committed. You are the guy. Yep. And when it comes down to it, you're the man. You sign the paperwork. You're in the crippling debt. You do what it takes to get it done. Yep. Yep. So, so what's going through your mind? Well, hang on. We haven't even gotten to the underwear. No, I know. Goddamn. No, not even going down that far yet. (laughs) What's going through your mind is this shit's already going sideways and you're sleeping in your truck already. Well, what was going through my, well, we're getting there. (laughs) 
luckily, with being in this long enough, you have learned to become very good at paperwork. And by paperwork, quotes, invoicing, etc. So when you do your quotes, you put, you are covered for X amount of depth, dry conditions, does not include dewatering, sheet piling, this, that, the other, whatever external accessories that may be needed for said job, that is not covered if, I, I mean, because there are days that me and my partner um, will go out, for example, two weeks ago before I went to deer camp, we went out and banged out four sewer and water taps in seven hours and started digging our first basement. Done. Inspected and started backfilling. It's nothing but a walk in that, the park. That's what people, if, if people listening that aren't in the excavating industry, that, that's what I guess we haven't done a great job explaining. Is in dry conditions. Dry conditions where you've got good ground, where you've got someone that laid the pipe correctly. They don't have a massive overdig to where, you know, you're eight, nine foot deep with your lead. Yep. They stopped and they just ran the lead two or three foot past your utilities. Yep. Everything's tight and right to where you can get down there, dig a nice safe hole to get down. You're digging through virgin ground all the way through where the a rest. Guy doesn't have to worry about his life. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're Absolutely. in and out of there in two hours. Correct. I, I, there's instances you can be in and out faster. Oh, 100%, especially if but, it gets a little shallower. Correct. But, but if you were to average a good dry hole easily in and out in two hours if things go well. Absolutely. They make, they make lube for that. Now, they do. Now, at this point, in this sewer <laughs> tap, you're at hour what? Uh, we're on like day three or four at this juncture. No, I want to know in hours. Oh, God. All three or four, yeah. <laughs> we're at hour 100. We've got everyone involved. Road commission. I think Reverend Al Sharpton showed up at this point. To bitch about something? Uh, yeah, because... <laughs> They're about to the lose outrage. the fucking road. <laughs> yeah, the road was... The road was covered up with white sand it was it, it got bad um is so this, is this where you make the panic call and you're like greg i need you now we're getting there okay and you you flew in with your cape your no. your mullet no. cape no i was not even supposed to be at work i was leaving work yeah going home i already had my clean clothes on and i get the call so TV superman <laughs> At this juncture, we called in uh, several trench boxes, trench boxes, boxes, road plates, stacked everything together, did everything we could do, uh, kept up with the dewatering. We had the water a mile down. Again, it was a mile long, and the storm sewer ran on both sides and then collectively passed underneath the road and was supposed to exhaust 100 yards away from where we were working into a ditch. Well, the ditch was... a completely full sediment was going nowhere well the ditch all the way down a mile down was that you literally had nowhere to go but uphill into the main road storm sewer that didn't thankfully come back to us so we pumped it roughly 700 foot into the storm sewer on the main road and just kept up kept up kept up we had it to what we thought was a manageable level had our trench boxes stacked had everything ready Digging, 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 and we're like, we we kept seeing it. We'd get down, we'd That's see it. That's the worst. We'd see it. We're like, it is right there. It is right there. And there was just 
there was nothing you could do because as you would see it, you'd watch it literally boil up from the bottom of your trench box. I don't care how, and you couldn't stuff your road plate down the front far enough because you're going to chop your lead off. Right. So there was nothing you could do. It starts burying you as a labor from the bottom up. And you're, you're literally, it just comes right up. And before you know it, you're, you're donezo. So we dug, 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 dug. And next thing you know, it's like, okay, well, plan B. So, we ended up taking, we got two train loads of stone in there and we were laying stone and my buddy, Coda Haslock, ended up jumping on the excavator and helping us out. He bailed, bailed, bailed. That kid, I'll tell you what, you want to see someone run an excavator that'll scare the living shit out of you? That kid is a rocket ship. So he was digging as fast as we could, as he could. He undercut it. We threw four foot of stone in there. As he was doing it, we jammed down. Uh, 12 inch pipe to act as wall points so we could get our dewatering going even more so we did that we thought we had a great grasp on everything again still wasn't quite enough you could dig down and you just you couldn't quite get it in calls in incoming call to greg so i call greg i'm like listen got a situation going on i need you need you bad he's like all right, well, what do you got? Explain to him what I got. Frost laws are on. Yeah, fr- well, eh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm just I think they were getting ready to go on the following Monday. It's like, it's like Thursday. Running, of course, of it's course. It's like running a pink light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that bitch was pink. Yeah. There right. was still time. So You were in the intersection when it came on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he got in, and uh, we immediately, I he started vacuuming. We had the water, what I thought was under control. We had um, pumps on every catch basin we could get on de- detouring the water. The problem that I didn't realize or know at the time is everything there was sand and all the water was literally underneath this entire lot all the way back underneath the house because it was sand and it just kept oozing. You had a leach field coming exactly. at you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're pumping, pumping, pumping. Greg got the vac truck. We wasted no time. So he started vacturing and I had my guy in the machine and he was digging as fast as he could, as gentle as he could, obviously. And dark setting in and we're digging and there it is. I'm like, holy crap, we're we are going to nail this thing. So Greg starts vacking and I'm down there. I'm holding the holes for him. Ryan's digging in front of me, beside me as I'm in there and he's pulling, pulling, pulling. We finally get it to a point, and they're like, all right, here's the Sawzall, because the cap got busted off as we were digging, obviously, and no silt was going down it. Everything was good. We had a, a good sump hole, and basically at this point, I'm working to get myself freed out so we can make our connection, because at this point, which another interesting fact, the lead was supposed to be uh, nine or 10 foot deep. And at this juncture, we're down 16 feet deep. No, that's, that's man. There's so many elements that play into those two. And, and now you probably got your excavator running out about reach. Right. Uh, this, this was point. a 120 deer and we're standing on its yep. haunches because yeah. we got the boxes in front of it. We're just, we're tickling the top. So we're, we're going as far as we can and we're just scooping mud and we take a sawzall. I literally grenade my sawzall. Greg, 
throws me another one. I'm down there. I'm cutting. We finally get this thing busted loose. I'm shoveling as fast as I can just so we can get it just going. Just get the boot on. Just get the boot and on. Just get the boot on. Yep. That's all that matters. So we, we're literally at that point. And at this juncture, 20 minutes before that, it was so bad and so cold that my pants were soaked. My muck boot. I was losing my boots because it was water sand. Right. So fast forward or reverse 20 minutes i'm literally in my boxers <laughs> pretty near naked I, yeah. yeah osha violations out there yet yeah, but you it's do fine. what you gotta but, do but when you got yeah, when you, you, gotta gotta do. Do. When you, you got the hole open you gotta do what you gotta do my god I, there's so many clips i need to pull out of this conversation as you're tickling <laughs> the top and you got everyone yanking on it and getting it to a point and you know when the hole's but, open you gotta take it exactly <laughs> what you gotta do what you gotta do but if you but if you actually stop and think about that for a second that would have been another you, and you throw the osha hole clip into it he's got a pull out He's got fucking. He's got to go get fully clothed again. Put yep. on the right attire, which he probably didn't really have. Nobody. Had and then it. run back down. And when you're talking about those kind of sewers, time is of the set. You know, essence. 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 There, there is no time. You got right. a window of two seconds, yeah. and it's gone. So yeah. w- at that time, though. You're fully committed. I'm you committed, right and there. I'm looking at Greg's needle, and he's like, you better hurry up because we're almost full. Yeah, we got three, four minutes left to run in the truck. Like, you got one window of this. You better make it happen right now. So we literally got down there, and I had the strong back hooked up, and everything was, we were ready. I had my lead. I had a 45 because we were going to jump up seven foot because this was a crawl space, so we didn't have to run it. 10 foot, Super 15 deep, yeah. foot, right. Yeah. We we're going to jump it up eight foot and be done with it. Yep. Get out of the safety zone. Exactly. Backfill it with stone roll. So went to stuff the lead in or stuff our pipe into the lead, went in a foot and it wouldn't go anymore. I'm like, what? I'm like, quick, give me a rod. So they gave me a five foot rod or a shovel, whatever they did. And I stuffed it down. Wouldn't go. I'm like, and my heart just sank. I reached my arm in there. There was no sand, no nothing. Pipe was done. Collapsed. I'm like, no shit. After all that. After all that. So I'm I'm like, whatever. We're done. Got out. I just I shut the pumps off. I was over it. I was uh, I was uh, you forgot one important part about that story. Which one's that? <clears throat> when the pump oh, quit. So well, no, it didn't even quit. This is right about the time I real no, the pump got silted up. Yep. Suck sand. And this is right about the time my heart sank and I realized that we were done. Yep. I'm down in the hole and I'm getting ready to come out. And Greg's looking up over the top of me and he's like, I don't know what's going on, screaming at me. Get out of the hole now. Right at that time, that 12-inch perforated sewer I was telling you about, the pump sucked sand on one side, clogged it, and it filled that entire pipe and blew that entire pipe and filled that hole in about three seconds. No shit. So between Greg him, and my guys, grab me out. I watched him run up a vac pipe, and we grabbed the back of him and pulled him out of there. That was the scariest thing. And that the next day, I ordered all those headsets and everything. I'm like, no you can't shit. can't communicate with that yeah. guy in the hole, yeah. something bad can happen. Well, oh, 100%. Headsets yeah. are a game changer. They are a game changer. Awesome. I won't let yes. anybody go down in the hole like that. Unless they have one on, and I yeah. know I can talk to them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. people on the ground, we can see shit that you can't when you're in that hole. Well, you're committed, and you're really worried at the well, task. Well, and, and generally, the guy in the hole's running a sawzall, or he's doing something where you mm-hmm. can't hear can't shit, hear. and it's what? Well, yep. by the time you've looked up and said what, you're gone. Yep. yep. So now there's no school for this kind of situation. <laughs> there is. There is. You Hard go, knocks. You, you go to college for <laughs> Hard this. Hard knocks of- again. 
again. So, so go back to, and we'll stay on this topic for a little bit, but go back to the college and trades route. You're in a life and death situation committed to somebody's sewer so they take a shit. Exactly. How do you how do you get these learning curves? How do you get these kind of experiences that people are like, well, it should just perfectly work on paper? Exactly. You don't unless you literally graduate from the field. Yep. It's the biggest fucking learning curve that people don't talk about. And that's and it's the ex- frowned upon. That's the experience that people that they don't understand why they go why am I paying you so much? Why does this cost so much money? Because you're paying me for all the experience that when shit hits the fan, I'm going to get you out of this. Yep. But when they <clears throat> when they look at everything that's going on, they forget about the whole dollar amount at this point anymore. Their yard's gone. Their sewer's not connected. You're telling them you're coming back tomorrow. Right? The, I, ro- I the I told road's them about I ready to collapse. <laughs> yeah. We're into the road at this point. Right. Yep. And... These are these are the scenarios that aren't talked about when it goes to how do you how do you come to the next level? How, this is like when it starts it starts separating men from the boys, right? Yep, correct. Absolutely. This is this is the make or break of like your labor if he's going to be around and he's going to take the next step on being maybe your head honcho labor operator. These are the points that people don't talk about of these learning curves. And that's the experiences that people get. They think they just jump into the trades and they're just going to be entitled and they're just going to work their way up. Well, it, you know, it like Luke keeps saying, it's the school of hard knocks. The more of these shitty events that you have and you come out of them, you come out with the knowledge of how not to do that again. And and I know if I go to Southfield, and you know, because oh, you Southfield's learned through wet, baby. And he knows. And before we even go on that, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I want to touch on what you just said, the entitlement proposition because right now you go to school school okay you go to um let's say you go to operators 324 just because you graduate and you get that card you come out as you an are, operator you're not wait. an operator now no. i'm gonna tell you right yeah, now no what? look and stop i'm you, a full-blown excavator you, operator i'm gonna let you. you know i will i will swing this one down till i can't swing no more how dare you i have sir. worked beside quite a few operators um and i'm gonna give shout out to uh to mine because he's one of the best Op- excavator operators I've ever seen. My boy Ryan that works with us. Love it. Um, he is a good operator. He has been with me since I opened the door. And I'll tell you what, he will scratch a gnat off a cat's ass and then tickle the gnat and put it back on that cat's ass. And there is no one I trust more. Just because you have your card means nothing to me. Why? I'm in the hole. Why, Luke? Well, I'm just telling you. No, well, why, though? Reason of use and practical use. I see Ryan every day, and I'm in the hole. Because I am useless as tits on a boar hog when it comes to operating. Why, you ask? Because I'm the owner. I got to answer the phone. I got to field the calls. I got to take care of the insurance guy. I got to... I got to take care of all this stuff. So me and an excavator, me and any kind of equipment just doesn't jive because literally my phone rings absolutely nonstop. So me as a ground man is perfect. And Ryan knows that I'm occupied a lot and my attention is elsewhere. And Ryan looks out for me and I trust Ryan and Ryan is always that right there is some of the most unspoken truth about this industry is the word trust. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about tickling an ad on a cat's no, ass. No, I'm talking about the, <laughs> the stick pullers to the operators, right? Yes. When that that right there is the biggest trust and the biggest bond that nobody even talks about. Right. And he hit it on the head. They come out of school and they're an operator. They got a entitlement on a fucking piece of paper they paid 15 grand for, but they didn't teach them. How many the, operators ran over their ground man this year in Michigan? I don't keep track. I believe so I don't it work was, with them. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> just but just so you, we're keeping know, this. Do you know? I, I'm not going to intelligently answer that question because I bet you. I, do I not bet know. you. There's a few. No. Uh, yeah. But yeah. that that's the difference right there, though. It's the hours and experience in this industry of being a labor that gets you into those seats. Yep. yep. So when you're in the excavator and you're pulling the sticks and you're aware of the situation. You're not panicking because you've been in those situations. You know exactly what to do. You know what's happening. You know what to look out for, and you know when to call it quits. Right. And and there is another there is another aspect that this is just one of those topics, man. Run you know, with it. The the union that is one thing I have consistently said. My big beef with the way the union trains is they throw you right in the seat. And then they give you zero real world experience. You go dig some trenches in a field and then all of a sudden you're a qualified operator. Right. And then these kids come out and they're like, well, I'm an operator. Actually, I should be digging mainline. Well, that's no where, fucking that's jackass. Where... Like there's a whole series of skill sets that you need to learn. And then on top of that, at the end of the day, you're not just a fucking operator like you were talking on. You are the eyes for your guy down in the hole. And that is a huge responsibility that these kids just don't even grasp. Well, you just turn on to overdig protection and Luke's going to be fine down oh, there. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. You the machine will do it for you. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Right? 100%. When, you can, when you can start being a ground man and you can have a shit operator in the seat and you can coach that operator and tell him without your pipe laser, without your laser in hand, and you can tell him up, down, just comb the top for you to lay pipe, for you to be level, um, basement, pipe, I don't care what it is. When you can start figuring that out and you learn the art of shoveling and you learn the art of level, slope, you're ready to jump in the seat. That sounds like my daily life working with Brian. Wow. This guy just <laughs> fucking throws you right under the bus. <laughs> no, I got to give shout outs to Brian because he's a pretty good fucking operator. I mean, I, you know, you I'm know, half decent. You know, I, I, can't, I can't scratch a gnat off a cat's ass. Nah, you're you pretty good. Be, Actually, but, but I'll ram that bitch right up going, the cat's ass. <laughs> going, going back down to Southfield, your same scenario was his first same scenario on doing the live sewer i drug him down there and i said hey look this is what we're going to do this is how it's going to go and it's going to get a little while we had to trench box and i was like i'm going to explain this to you and what we're about to do and on the prints you know you got the old gas line and the new gas line but it doesn't show the new gas line it just as a well this is flag this is the old steel and so we find it we locate it and you know it's not that brian hasn't done sewers it was the same conditions you were explaining. And we're like, all right, we found it. And I got Brian just doing his thing and we're communicating. I'm like, go ahead and just start fucking hogging. And he blows his first gas line because it was only four feet fucking back. So it wasn't that. It was, we had exposed, even consumers came out. It was yeah. a consumer's line. Consumers even came out and goes, you guys are off the hook on this one. What it was, was they had marked a gas main. We located 
a gas main. Turns out they come in and they hit directional drill. That was the abandoned one. Been there, done that. And we just went and found the live one. Yeah. But this is Brian's first rodeo down in Southfield. So his nerves get a little wound up because we hit the gas line. He did nothing wrong. I told him to rip it, right? We were exposed. We're ready to start going down deeper and deeper. And then fucking as we get into the scenario of what you're describing, our 130 couldn't reach. It couldn't pick up the fucking trench box, right? And so here I am yelling at a dude that's never been in this wet situation, and it's getting bad quick. It it wasn't it wasn't that it was wet. I had been in those conditions before. The problem was we were undersized. We were undersized, <laughs> and then we coupled that with um, I, Rick over here gets a little ballsy sometimes. Yeah, but I've been in them enough. Well. Everyone says that until they end up under a giant pile of shit. And what was happening was he had a wall. There there was that nice crust on the top. Oh, yeah. And it was being supported by those utilities. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't like your hole to where everything was evenly kind of coming to the middle. What was happening is we were getting a lot coming from one, one direction, and we were getting some undermining behind him. Right. And you know how you get. Rick was so fucking fixated on that sewer because we were right there. Like oh, you we said, tickling there, the top. We, we were, were there. there. We were there. And he was so fixated on it. I'm going, Rick, if we go any fucking... This was the first time I've ever been on a job where I flat out told him, I said, if we have to go any deeper, I'm not digging it with you in the hole. Like <laughs> right. I, I flat out told him because it was... You, you don't understand that wall behind you. Right. Could give it any second... And you're just fucked. And we I'm not going to sit here and, and watch we you die. There. So it was one of those situations where it was like, there was some back and forth. Oh, yeah. We were yelling and we, back and oh, forth. Oh, yeah. We were yelling back and <laughs> forth at each other. And by God, we got her done. But it was one of those. But that was one of those that had, had anything gone just a little sideways, Rick probably wouldn't have walked home that night. No. So it we, was, we were getting to it the was point dicey. the trench box. We couldn't even reach the trench box. We yeah, were it was bad. Yeah, digging you couldn't even dig no more because it was undermining we the machine littered. fucking everything. Right. The so, next time we go on one of those in Southfield, we'll just bring a three eighty five. We were so bad. Fuck yeah. It was so bad that we literally shelved down inside not inside, but on the outside of the trench box five foot because we were running out of real estate. That's that's yeah. where we were at with this one because it was such such a tiny lot. We had, we were right up against their driveway. That was the other port. That's what it was. That oh, yeah. was making the wall. The driveway. We ripped, we ripped the back of your excavator was damn near touching the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, when that well, counterweight and then the swing, like, and then the machine sinking right because it's kind of like quicksand there, yep. so it's bubbling up. It just yep. swallowing that the was, machine. It was a fucking mess. Sounds like we all should go down to Southfield and just kick one in the ass. Except South, for Southfield's fine if you roll in there with a two hundred class fucking digger. That, well, that's, that's it. Back to what we said at the very beginning of this conversation or at the beginning of this show this is why it's so important when you get into these shit areas or any time to get the sewer done before the house is there because if the house was not there we had nothing but real estate to work with and reflecting back the 120 was the biggest machine i could fit in there at the time i needed a 200, 160. I needed yeah. a bigger class machine to overpower it, get the goo away from where we're working. Yeah. It was to just be to, to be but, able to move the volume that, of cubic yards. Now that we yards. know what we know, all of us collectively, if somebody called us and said, hey, this is what I need you guys to do, and you laid out a price and they're going, this is fucking out. 
Outrageous. Dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right outrageous. now. I'll tell you right now, I get outbid in Southfield all the time. Yeah. Because of my pricing. And, and it doesn't hurt our feelings. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw prices down there to come down with a big boy toy. Yep. Some boxes. And people, they'll come in five, six thousand bucks cheaper. And I'm fucking like, have let them have it, it, bud. Yeah. I've had like, it. If we're going to roll in, we're going to roll in and we're going to dig this sewer tap up in a heartbeat. Because that was. Right. Yeah, that's what I, I ain't fucking with it. That goes with that experience of oh, yeah. knowing. You're getting paid to know. Yeah. And you know you're going to lose when you go down there, unless you go down there, both barrels loaded. Yeah. Rip. Yep. Because that was a whole other aspect. It is, might go easy, but it might go hard. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. had overhead utilities that were low hanging to the point that we didn't have that obstruction. Man, oh, that was, we had, we we had, had everything. Big old sycamore tree hitting right here. Yes. You can only dig one way. The roads fucking getting ready to cave. Like it was. It, every, everything was working against us. I mean, it was just, it was a fucking disaster. So you guys successfully we got successfully that one. We successfully got her tapped. So my saga isn't over yet. No, we we haven't. You still you went back for more. Oh, we're 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 not even close to done. It oh gets fuck way, me! It gets way gooder. I thought you just pulled the plug at that <laughs> oh, point. Oh, it gets so no. much better. Fuck. It gets so much better. The plot thickens so much more. So let's go back I, into I your. I gotta say, the mini fridge is probably the coolest thing we've done in this. Yeah. So, so for the audience, if you hear a bunch of banging around in the background, <laughs> and then about thirty seconds later you hear this sound, that that is. And, uh, yes, that is Greg Johnson in his in in our new studio space here. Greg Johnson has has graciously donated a mini fridge, and we have that baby stocked. Before we know, you guys are gonna be comparing fucking bushes. <laughs> so what? You're not in? No. Why? No. The she guy who's been talking about going down on other dudes all night is now suddenly you're you're gonna you're get all shy? Don't yeah. fucking talk about our guests like that, bro. <laughs> fucking poor Lou. You started this whole podcast. Like I don't even know that we'd made it thirty seconds on the clock and you were talking about sucking a dick. <laughs> well, you know. And now you're getting all shy about your bush. You know. It's all right. <laughs> No. You know, if you manicure it a little bit, you don't have to feel shame. You can shape Actually, it. Actually, you know, I've I've been thinking about this whole manicure thing. My, make got, it look like a Care Bear. No, look, we got we, got, we all kind of got like the pussy dusters going on already. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to just fully let these bitches grow until March, and then we're all going to creatively, collectively, shave, collect. No, creatively. Oh, create. Oh, you do mean creatively? Yeah, creatively, like, artistically, put some designs in them ooh. before spring. You think so? I know so. I'm Mine's going. a little too sparse. No, good. You, oh, you got come time. on. You got, oh, Mar- you you got to March. You got to carve some fucking graffiti in that thing. That thing's <laughs> solid. <laughs> yeah. My wife keeps going, what are you doing? Letting it grow out? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to shave it right That's now. where I'm at. Fuck right. that. But see, you're grooming it. Like, you what are you know, talking about grooming going it? like Hollywood fucking style. I'm going like barbaric because caveman of- style. I usually do that, and it gets it gets nasty. I mean, that's, that's the problem. If you don't, it, if you don't do, if you don't do any grooming, you just look fucking homeless. You could groom I'm it okay all you with want. Homeless, I like you. That. Good with homeless? Yeah, look at the fucking mullet. Well, Are you well, fucking kidding me? That ain't homeless though. That's I watch NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in a double wide. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's yeah. nice. He, you ain't homeless. He's a Jeff Foxworthy fan. <laughs> yeah, that's in fact, fucking yeah. for sure. You don't live in a double. So my uncle, my I love my uncle to death lives down in texas and he's got a uh i can't remember if it's a true double white or if it's a manufactured home and it's a double white. it's i believe it is a double white and this guy so this is why i love my uncle he's the epitome of a tradesman he's like this old redneck yep 
and he started a reefer truck business. So all he does is he wrenches on reefer trucks and now he's started his own fleet of reefer, uh, reefer trailers. And so he's, I don't know what he's worth. He's worth a shitload of money. Now still has a double wide, but, but being like, I'm shocked. He doesn't have a mullet being the man that he is when he made it big, he didn't upgrade and move into a mansion. He fucking built this elaborate addition on this double wide. And he's got a fucking nice ass hot tub. He's got an outdoor shower. Like this is done up. But the original But the OG. original building is the fucking and I'm like, that is fucking awesome. I, I fucking showed, love everything everything about that I'm I all just about. Showed my wife <laughs> a, like a two thousand square foot addition on a camper. Yeah, I was like, like that's, maybe this could be us. I, yeah, I do feel like my uncle fairly well doubled his square footage, and I'm just like, <laughs> fucking a, that is awesome. <laughs> and that is what the mullet screams, Mr. Yeah, Johnson. I like it. Yeah, but but you go unkempt beard, Rick, and you look fucking. Now you're a tent person. Now now you dwell in a tent. You know what? I just camp in front of fucking one of our favorite people's. Houses. That's all I got to say. You know, I tell you the I'm one going killer to with the beard. Valley, bro. And I'm sorry, Luke. We will get back to your story. I promise. But this is where the sweat and grime. We just we we go askew. It's like ADD. You you wander off in the woods, and eventually you find your way back to the path. But I will if say, you want to chime in and make fun of anybody? Yeah, you know, no, I'm going to pull up some pictures of unkempt beards. Mine in particular. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's bad. Oh, wait, you it's just bad. got back from deer camp. Didn't you just say that you had just a rat's nest going uh, on? It wasn't that bad, but I'm going to show you pictures from two years ago. It was down to here. I love it. Wild. Oh, shit. Nice. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get there. But so, so I will on. tell you, as you get a bigger beard, the biggest the biggest thing for me is food. Like it gets it, stuck in it immediately. You you go from like like Rick was saying. Apparently, I'm going for the GQ like Hollywood look with my my trimness. But you're you like you're like the Princess Diana. Of but men. you give me three seconds with any sort of sandwich that has bread that crumbs, <laughs> and I look homeless immediately. Like it, it, there is no GQ ness about this. I look like I just fucking crawled out from under a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that one there says, "I got my sister moved into my mobile Hell home with yes. me." Yes. Hell yes. You that got is, a Dale Earnhardt sticker on the back <laughs> yeah. of your window. Greg motherfucking Johnson with a motherfucking that mustache. That, that's one of those. That's like you one know, of those mug shots. I dude. came home with that. My wife was like, "Move out. Move you know out." <laughs> I'm too. My wife, dude, that's like, I'm going to breed my sister kind of picture. It is. My wife just asked me this evening. She was like, how are we going to announce Greg being added to the podcast? Boom. I just found it. That's going on social media. Greg fucking Johnson. (laughs) So pass that one around. That's, uh, that's about, I think that, oh man, eight months before I shaved it off, tap it or it's going to lock out. I'm not sure if you look Amish homeless. I dude, it got wild. It got wild. That's, it got that's wild. The weird story. Holy sh! <laughs> Nikes. Yeah, and I had a big curl stash going when I did it up. It got wild. It is nice, man. I don't so even Rick, know. I, and my I, wife put I, up with hang that. Hang on, I got it. I just need to take this in for a minute because I've. Man, that is. We're gonna need a tablecloth because when you set the bush down, it makes an echo. Yeah, that's true. It, what is, what do Russian people call their grandpas in like Oompa or something? Like you. Yeah, it's got that look to it. Yeah. Russian? Like, that's... I I like potatoes. I I will say that, (laughs) coupled with the glasses... 
Is he a wizard? I feel, yeah, I feel like you're going to come at me and drop some like absolute wisdom. And I'm like, <laughs> that, that right there, Who the dude, fuck is this guy? <laughs> that right there is like the same picture I could see him having below the belt. That's all I got to say again. Bag of dicks. <laughs> you know, I will say consistently on this show, there is one person that calls everyone else out on being gay. That's right. Yet that same person is the guy who always comes back to sucking dick on the I'm, table. I'm, I am, you dude, I am the furthest. I'm not sure about you anymore. I, I am the furthest dude you ever meet from gay. <laughs> I will sit here and talk and play it and talk shit and whatever. I love my wife, bro. So I got to say. Hey, Greg, will you what, pick what? up that pencil I threw on the floor real quick? <laughs> yeah. Let me see what happens. Uh, yeah. We're going to analyze this. Where'd Rick go? <laughs> right. Whoa. I'm going to turn on gay midget porn and check. <laughs> just, uh, I'll be staring at Rick's dick. You know, you know what? I'm just not afraid to fucking fucking let it fly. That's so, all I got to say. So you've missed a story because you don't, you haven't listened to the podcast up until this point. Now, from here on out, you have to listen. Cause I've actually listened to quite a few episodes. And what, now, do you, what do you think of the shit show? Well, hang on. I have to... Bits and pieces. I shouldn't say I've listened to it beginning to end because a good friend of mine who is a mechanic for Alta listens to this religiously. Really? And I'm not going to mention names. I'm you not can. Gonna, like, we'll I'm we'll not give him a shout out. To. Come on. Do him a favor. It, it's No, we're uh, not because uh, he was making fun of said person that was on your show. He's like, dude, what a bunch of dildos. Boy, the plot. He called us all fucking no, 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 it's like one of the high-end vibrators, like yes. 150 bucks for a vibrator. You don't know that? I got a strong tongue game, so I don't need none of that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, this, the, this the, thing the, is they literally changer. make. Hitachi yeah. is the Hitachi. Hang on. I want to go, go back to that logic here. I've got a tractor that works just fine, so I don't need that quad track. Like, who the fuck cares if what you has works? Why would you not want to go get the, like, Cadillac, the best, most awesome thing out there? Like, I'm not buying my wife one of those things. I swear to God. She'll never come back. Never. Exactly. Yeah. Why that's, would you do such that's, a thing? That's, I'll give you that point. But Terrible idea. That's true. I mean, okay, I, saw, I, I looked that thing up. It comes <laughs> in multi-voltage. Multi My God, how many amps? <laughs> you know, we need to start worrying about house fires. This could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you got to pull it runs into... off of one ten, but she could take two twenty. Yeah. Good. You gotta, it, it comes with Lord. its own deep cycle battery. Is <laughs> <laughs> <As> a backup? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you're in the middle, no, remember, no, remember no. buffering. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember that. Absolutely. I, I, I think if you got one of those in the drawers, dude, there's no backup. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> like, it goes from pleasure to shit. Right. Like, there's no backup for that. But yeah, no, as I was saying, I've listened to it a bunch because he's always over at my shop and he is my chosen mechanic. And Ulta is so good to me that literally I found several of the mechanics that I like, love, know, trust. And anytime I call, I don't even have to don't call. Oh, sorry. If you I don't keep have beating to. on that, we 
eventually won't be able to hear anything. <laughs> let, let him go, man. He's turning into sweat and grind. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they, uh, they literally let me call up and request the mechanic, and I don't even have to call dispatch anymore. I literally call him. Just call him. And yeah. there he is. So where I was going with that is, had you had you listened to a few more episodes, I can't remember which episode exactly it is, Mr. I Swear to God I'm Not Gay Rick. Uh, oh, I thought you were going John Michael Montgomery no, for a no, second. No, no, this no. Is, this is Mr. Rick the Dick Valco, who claims to be straight as an arrow, talks on air about how he went into a stadium bathroom and, and, and made the decision... After thought look, to dude. look down the trough <laughs> look, and compare. Look. If you've never been if you've never been to the Silverdome before they tore the motherfucker Holy down. Okay. We were fucking intoxicated. And I don't know about you, but when something catches the corner of your fucking eye and it looks like a you're at the arm. trough, bro, I cannot help but just slowly, awkwardly. <laughs> Look down the fucking trough. I better use my strong hand. <laughs> there was no strong hand, dude. Take my strong hand, child. I, I literally was standing there loud and proud, and I walked out like a bitch. <laughs> like, I mean, what do you want me to fucking lie about it? The dude was hung. <laughs> like, if you've never seen, like, a fucking horse hung, <laughs> that dude was a fucking horse. And, all right? That's all the, I got. That's giving the man props. You keep acting like everything you're saying is defending yourself, and all your no. de- dude, you've got a fucking was, shovel, a and you are going to town. I was acknowledging <laughs> that dude had a fucking donker on him, okay? That's <laughs> all I was how saying. How did we get on this? Because we were simply explaining to Luke that Hitachi... Equipment is the same people that make Hitachi dildos. Somehow we got back to Rick looking at Dixon. Well, I don't think Hitachis are actually dildos, aren't they? More or less it's bean a, flickers. Yeah, no, no, it's well, a vibrator. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a bean flicker. Yeah, I mean it's she, a compactor with or, a handle. Yeah, right. Yeah. A jackhammer. <laughs> yeah, like you could turn that button on. Or a whole swirling. pack. Whole pack. We'll call it a yeah, whole, whole pack. pack. Yeah, it's got the, yeah, it's it's gentle, gentle. Ooh, it's, it's firm I don't know vibrations. if I want to ever whole pack it because I still want to play with it once in a while. That like you whole pack with a case in point. My... That's why we don't invest in these tools. Uh, yes, yeah. We yeah. leave that one on the shelf. But yeah. we were wondering if you buy a Hitachi excavator, does it come with a Hitachi vibrator? That's only if you buy the premium package. I, now, I'm going to tell you, Greg, before the show, we were chatting, and, and you mentioned that a bear trap would be a great centerpiece for this show. And I'm going to argue, I think for this show, well, you, the appropriate you centerpiece. Promised, you promised on air that somebody was getting an engraved Hitachi that is, with their name on it. I, I don't know that I promised it, but but I did kind of lob it out there. And I, You know what? I tell you what. Give me a Sharpie. I will fucking sign it, it right over there right now on his forehead. <laughs> no, no. On it engraved. He just called you a dildo, Greg. Give me a knife. <laughs> Give me a knife, and I will fucking dig this. So we'll scratch it in there? Right now. Just carve it in. On air. But I do feel like it, for this show, the most appropriate centerpiece for, for this show is, is just a Hitachi right there on the table. Like, that's the most appropriate thing. For the conversations that we have. I think we should awkwardly hook a mic. I can't tell you how much I wanted to stick a dildo to that whiteboard. Oh, pfft. That way you go fuck I yourself? Mean, <laughs> I hung, no, I would have like hung my coat on it. <laughs> you have to be a You round the corner and Rick's going to be bouncing that thing. You know it. <laughs> What's Greg doing Boy, in there? I didn't, I didn't, I slipped and fell. You're gay for looking. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, Greg's going to be like walking in, his employees be like, ask for a pay raise, be like, 
Go in that room and work one up, bud. <laughs> Cameras are on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hear you scream. <laughs> you fuckers are sick. <laughs> so, back to digging dirt, dude. Holy so shit. So, Luke, the saga continues. The saga continues. So, we left off. The pipe was collapsed. The trench totally, ca- or the or your hole totally he caved in. Full. He had to pull out. He had to pull out. So yeah. so from there, where did we go? All right. So we uh, we abandoned ship. This was on a Thursday or Friday, and I had to take take some time to figure out how the hell we were going to handle this. And uh, I scratched and scratched and scratched. Didn't know what direction we were going to go at this point. The storm sewer had completely fell in on itself. So. Literally the next juncture, um, we returned Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we ballooned off the entire sewer, backed it up a mile every direction, took it and pumped it both ways back out into the street again. And at this point, we just started digging and digging and digging and had a meeting with the homeowners, the builders, um, told them exactly what needed to happen. And as we started digging, had trains lined up left, right, and center, and just started hauling all this goo off. Is that the feet tickler? No, uh, actually, quick, I'm sorry. I, I I know we're interrupting your story over and over again, and I apologize. That's kind of what happens on this podcast. We, we podcasted the other night at my house, and we are dealing with a situation. We have a lone rat, and we've nicknamed him Remy from Ratatouille. <laughs> They have a rat in their house. Um, we have a rat. And so uh, my wife just texted that she found Remy. And uh Do they have it cornered? I don't I don't know. I just that's I just got the update. Fuck it. Cut this short. Let's go kill it. Fucking A. I just I I'm I'm kinda curious. And she's all upset about it. And I'm like, just think of it as Remy from Ratatouille. Like he's just hanging out. He's just trying to have a good I time. Think we here. need to let a fucking python out and just let it loose in the basement, bro. Now is when you say python, are we talking a snake or are we talking about the guy you saw at the at the trough? <laughs> uh, he didn't have a python. <laughs> he had a donk. A donk. <laughs> like a donkey dick. <laughs> all right, Luke. So uh, here's So you were loading muck out into Trains we, after we just trains. started loading it out and getting rid of it. Oh, we got pictures. Not very good ones. I was so pissed off. I didn't take many pictures. Love and it. Didn't do a whole lot. So we just started oh, wow. loading it out, loading it out, loading it out. And I told him, he's like, well, what do you think it's going to cost? I said, I don't know. I'll let you know when this the is, bottom drops. Yeah, this is not one we can put a price tag on. So yeah. I'll let you know when it's finished. Are you sure they want to go through? You sure you want to do it? Yep, get it done. Okay. So dig, 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 dig. And we dug down. We found the pipe and we dug down eight, 10 foot deeper then. We got uh, another six, eight culverts 20 footers and just brought the 6a stone in like it was going out of style yeah we brought six train loads in Jeez. dumped it below the box and just dewatered the ever-loving shit out of it for a day and finally we let it set ripped the box right out of there and the next day dug down found it cut the bite the pipe back six foot tied onto it and away we go. We were home free. No shit. And it, it took continues. how long? Oh. So we backfilled it, but got wait, our inspection. <laughs> everything was good. They cameraed it. Yeah, everything looks great. A month goes by. 
forgot all about it. The nightmare has passed. Everything is good. I'm feeling great. Got paid for everything we did. A month goes by. What was the total on that, by the way? Uh, that ended up running about fifty-eight grand. Oh, for for a what sixty-foot-long sewer tap? Uh, I think it was forty-five foot. Oh, I don't even. Know. I think that was including the clean out. Oh man! So we got done. It had passed. I had breathed. I'm like, thank God, this is done. It's over. Everything's good. Well. What was in the back of my mind that I forgot is as we were digging this up, I dug up a piece of white schedule 46 inch pipe. Uh oh. I'm like, well, that that's strange. That shouldn't be there. Well, wait, the plot thickens yet again. Yes. The piece I tied onto was SDR 35. Well, that's strange. Yep. So I just, I didn't think anything of it. I moved along. Tied onto it, put her connection on. A month goes by, City of Southfield calls me. Cameraed it though, right? Yeah, everything yep. looked good. Everything was fine. <clears throat> month goes by, they call me. Uh, you need to get back down here. What's going on? Uh, the road has a sinkhole in it and the road's falling in. What? Like, I'll be down there tomorrow. They're like, no, you need to stop what you're doing right now and get down here. So I go down there and half the road has fallen into. Into their a yard. Sinkhole. Yeah. No, it, it, it's just a giant sinkhole. No shit. So I'll get down there and they're like, yeah, the entire street for a mile, their sanitary is backed up. It's filled with sand. Oh. Like, what? How? A month later. A month later. So we relocate all our equipment. I took the big digger down there this time. I was done with subtle tactics and. I told them, I said, road's getting ripped up. I said, I'm done playing with you guys. You're going to shut down the streets. They're like, whatever you need, you take care of it. Just just get it done. So we literally went in. But ripped. in that situation, who's footing the bill? That's the question. Very intelligent question for which I learned a very hard lesson for. I just went in because they threatened me and threw their weight around. Southfield. Yep. yep. Which and is they, typical. They said, you're going to fix it or we're going to back charge you for it. Whatever. So went down there, relocated everything, ripped the road up, took that storm sewer and ripped that son of a bitch up all the way to both sides to the nearest sump and just completely got it out of our equation. Dug that thing up. Luckily, as I had mentioned before, we had stone all the way from the pipe six foot down. Dewatering was a breeze this go around. Yeah. So we were able to dewater quick and slick. Wasn't a big deal. We ripped up the road and got down. Well, six foot after that stick of where we tied on yes. to our connection was a bell end. Well, on that bell end, guess what came next? SDR 26. On the end of that SDR 26, it went into a gasketed because this sewer tap came up at 12 o'clock. Yes. Not at. Yeah, not coming off at a flat angle. Not yeah. at three o'clock. Right. Where it should be. It came up at 12 o'clock, so it was a top load tap. Yeah. So that pipe, it was a SDR 35 gasketed fitting coming off the top with SDR 26 trying to get crammed into the fitting. SDR 26, SDR 35, schedule 40. So they boogered together all this, 
And I asked them, I said, so, so hang tight, just for the audience's yes. sake, for those who aren't familiar with the industry, explain the differences in all of those and why that's a, that's a so thing. So every, every piece of that pipe is a different pressure rating, a different diameter internally and externally, which are not made to coincide with each other. So this is a hodgepodge deal. This is complete bull crap. Yeah. And Schedule 40 Shit. goes with Schedule 40. SDR 26 goes with SDR 26. Yes so on and so forth. And at this point, they told me that they had videoed this entire thing before we ever started. Uh, uh-huh. Where's the video? Well, oh, well, we didn't save it. If the pipe was collapsed, how did they video it? Well, well, where's the video? Yeah. They never videoed it. Uh, yeah. Well, and if they did, they never saved it. Well, they were running a lateral launch coming up at 12 o'clock, and they just ran it while your lateral launch is that big. Yeah. You can get all the way to the end. I have been on plenty of lateral launch situations where I know when you can't get a lateral launch in and what it takes at that point. So what had happened, come to find out, is they had jammed that fitting in there and it was just about, just touch the rubber gasketing as far as it would go. Well, as all this sand was washing in and washing in and washing in, sand is sandpaper. It pulls, it does everything. And it just pulled it apart just far enough. Yeah. And there we go. Oh, boy. So we ripped up the road. Luckily, they didn't back charge us for that. And uh, we filled the entire road with 6A stone, filled it, compacted it, put our stone back in, put everything back to the way it was. And finally, that was the end of that story. No shit. Finally. That was so, a lot of money that to be was made a, right there, buddy. Well... There was a lot of money to be made had you known what you were getting into. Yes. Instead, you probably got fucked pretty hard. Believe it or not, I did well up until the very end on that last trip, and I lost um, about half of the last invoice because the builder didn't get paid from the homeowner. The builder's going after the city. The city's going after the builder, the blah, 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 blah. So literally, it pretty much settled out of court, and the builder said, I'll give you half. We'll never see a courtroom. I said, whatever. No shit. Send it. Ugh. That's, yeah. Live and learn. Yeah. yeah. School of hard knocks yet yeah. again. And but that's the signing that's the it. dotted line that people don't realize going into business. Exactly. You were You're on it. the hook for every fucking thing that happened. I yeah. mean, you'd be repaving the fucking roads. You'd be fucking tearing it up. Yeah. That's the shit that's not talked about. Exactly. So uh, a quick update on the rat situation. It, it turns out now that she's got a good look at Remy, he is a mouse. And apparently he's hanging out watching her clean. She is cleaning the back room in the basement and Remy is just hanging out at the top of the wall watching her clean the basement. Let's go gotcha. home and grab the BB gun and let's go commando on this ass. See, I like how Rick's just like like shock and awe. Yeah, let's do and, it. And I'm like... Fuck if he's not causing that many problems. Like I said, we'll shut this bitch leave down. Leave him I be. Got a 410 in Jesus, guys. Jesus. Right. Just death like, with just you think, guys. Just think if we miss, <laughs> if we miss and blow a hole in him, he's got an escape route. See, yeah. you guys are over there with your fucking guns, and I'm out there with my hand held out with some food, and I'm like, I can I can become friends with this thing. He's yeah, gonna be my pet. That motherfucker living in your house. If, so so believe it or not, rats make incredible pets. I thought you said it's a mouse. Yeah. It's a mouse. Yeah. I mean, I could see a rat being a good dude, but not a mouse. Not a mouse? No. You're not going to give mouse, mice no. a chance? I stomp every single one I can find. Oh, that's ice cold. 
<clears throat> Dude, rodents do not live in my house. You guys no. have so much hate in your heart. No, no I you just hate. need some love no, and peace. I, you you should see my wife when she finds a mouse turd in the house. Like, it's all, over. Holy hell, yeah. breaks loose. Well, they're the not, they're not is, paying the fucking bill. They're not paying the heat bill, the rent. They don't deserve to live in my house. Wow. So, boy, I'd hate to see what you do with my children. <laughs> Well, they I mean, they could work around the house. Uh, you know, they could. And, and we, we figure out how to get that to happen. We'll do right. it. <laughs> once, once in a while, right? It is funny because my wife started off with, you know, we have to kill this thing immediately. Like, go buy traps tonight. And so through this text message back and forth, she's like, oh, it's it actually does look like Remy. And he's hanging out watching me clean. She's like, maybe we should trap it instead of kill it. <laughs> I'm like, I like uh-huh, how you guys uh-huh. name a rodent in your house that you don't want to live with. See, we give everything Remy. in our life personality. That's why, that's we bring why, them to life. That's why the cat was at the window last night. It was looking for a meal. It knew it was in the house. I'm telling you. And yet you're going to take this. We this... should have grabbed that cat and threw it in the basement. That's oh, right. fuck. And then we'd have to name a cat and we'd have a whole saga involved in that. Again. And you know what? That plays in our whole litter box conversation from the other night. We should, we should have grabbed the pussy and let it eat some meat in the house. That's all I got to say. Yes. You trying to make up for so, the, the first, was your first day three the quarters of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is Luke's podcast. <laughs> Luke, what the fuck you want to talk about? I don't know. Come on. Primal so ball slapping. Or when you were peeing on your friends, DeMarco. <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, so, so where do you go from here, Luke? What's what's in store for Stamper and Sons? Uh, I I don't know. You can say it. Survival mode. Uh, yeah, survival mode. Uh, we're, so uh, on that note, we we talked. We we briefly touched on it before the podcast. You said you've seen things start to slow down. Absolutely. Expound on that. What What do you mean? What are you seeing? Um, anything aside from governmental contracts, for example. Um, just everything's coming to a screeching halt. Obviously, everyone knows interest rates and everything are going up, which I think everyone here remembers back to the time when interest rates were at 19, 20% yeah. in the early 80s. The, you know, um, so I, still I've seven. heard about it. Well, I, that's the weird <laughs> thing about it. I, I don't know if I was still caring, if I was still in the fucking chamber or if I was shot out by them, bud. Let's, you were definitely looking out of the shower drain at your parents. I've like, heard yeah, about yeah. it through right. wiser men. Well, than I, I, I've seen where I, what world I was coming into. I just haven't made it yet. <laughs> well, but if you if you flip that whole thing on its head, though, our generation doesn't realize the interest rates we've been seeing for the last twenty plus years. We'll never see again. No, never. that You're was probably not never going to see seven no. percent again. No, and that's it's not normal. Of. Yeah, exactly. So, so as much as we're bitching about it, we're really in actuality returning to normal. Exactly. And unfortunately, this inflation and supply and demand and everything is just literally kicked us in the twig and berries as hard as it possibly can do these past two years with diesel fuel supplies. Um, it is just, you know, and now we had this minimum wage increase. Well, in case if anyone hasn't went and got a McDonald's meal lately, it's 15 bucks for a double quarter pounder with cheese now. And well, you pay someone 20 bucks an hour to stand there and pick their nose. Guess what? Um, I believe there was, uh, uh, help me out here. I believe his name was Newton for every 
action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Sir Isaac, the Isaac. man himself. Sir Isaac. <laughs> so now we're dealing with that all across the board. So, you know, the first time home buyer now just doesn't exist and everything I involved. Made that for you the other day. Everything is just spiraled out of control. Yeah. Yeah. All the way across. Well, the board. I do have good news for you, Luke. Uh, fortunately for you, you've come to the right place because after getting really kicked in the twig and berries, Rick is happy to take care of those for you. (laughs) (laughs) He, he actually volunteered before you even walked in the room. He's like, by God, if Luke needs anything, I'll take care of him. You're fucking right. (laughs) Here at Sweat and Grime, we really take care of our We really take care of the guests. We have a department for that. Well, don't you keep, don't you keep like your enemies in your competition even closer. Uh, We're yeah. kind of like in the same yeah. realm. So what Luke needs, Luke gets. Rick has See, that's, a guest that's only where we Hitachi. Go back to non-participating <laughs> gay. gay. Yeah. yeah. Non yeah. So non-participating gay. So I'm just going to lay the scenario off for you and you tell me how you feel about it. So in Greg's mind non-participating gay is This is a thing that if my wife and I do not work out, this is the direction I'm heading. Non-participating gay. And, and that's like hanging out your, with your buddies without the sex. Exactly. I could get down with that. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. This is he where we had some cuddle. I'm just saying. Ah, so yeah, you don't no, want to that's too far. It's right. not that. No, hang on a second here. He, he doesn't want to participate. He just wants to get in enough to get aroused. No. It's, <laughs> see, here's the deal. My my catch is the terminology. If you're going to use the terminology non-participating gay, in my mind, you're not fucking roommates. That means every once in a while, Luke, you have to watch a notebook with me and cuddle me on the couch. Okay, we don't have to like we don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. I just want to know. I just say. I just want to know if this is you talking or if this is your penis talking right now. This is mostly me. I mean, there might be a little (laughs) penis in it, but. (laughs) So when you say you're not going to participate in a soccer game. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not showing Well, I mean, if that ball comes to the sideline, I'm probably going to tap it back in. You're not a participant. You're not allowed to. So, but you you're can still come at to the, the soccer game. You're you still just can't play. You're Ryan still is the, the kind of guy that everybody gets an award. But, but even if they no, lost the no, game, no, 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 no. Non participating means <laughs> that you and your homeboy are going to move into a house together, buy snowmobiles, and live happily ever after. So go probably to, share. Go back to your soccer analogy. Snuggle. Go back to your soccer analogy. So yes, I'm not going to participate in the soccer game. But by God, you're still there at the soccer game. And what you're saying with your non-participating gay is you're not even going to the fucking soccer game. And that's where my whole hang up is, is no, you're at the soccer game. So you need to, you need to be involved in well, soccer non, things. Non- you're just not you're playing the game. awfully emotional. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what I'm saying. saying. I mean, Peace. non-participating. When we get, when, when like, we get the cameras that, in here. I'm not even going to put emotional support there that, either. Yeah. This is non-participating. Like if yeah. you're drowning, bud, I just find me another one to replace you. <laughs> Just, I need at least throw out a hand. Right? If I don't grab it or I drown, it is what it is. But well, right. and that's what I told Greg too. You know, he was talking about doing something Brian. the other night. I said, "Will you at least hold my hand? Like we ain't gonna, we're not gonna go suck dicks or anything." But I, by God, like hold my hand. Come on, I'm gonna change yours from non-participating to curious. Yeah. Oh, okay, curious. Brian, Brian, Brian would get fully undressed if you were drowning, and he would offer three items for you to grab. 
That's all I gotta say. And you know what? I choose fucking death, bro. <laughs> one of those is gonna be a little longer than the other ones. I'm just gonna hold the hands yeah, right. back a little bit. <laughs> little, Grab little. the one that's most convenient. All of a sudden, Brian goes into T-Rex mode. Yeah, that's right. Arms are I, I can't anything. do anything more. You're gonna have to just grab the most convenient thing. Uh, I'd have to tell him to go back. I need a lifeline. <laughs> or, what's that? What's that fucking? Uh, the game that used to be back in the day, you got to phone a friend, see if they yeah. answer. Oh, yeah. A millionaire, uh, yeah, yeah. you want to yes. be a millionaire? <laughs> Could you imagine this story? My friend's dick saved me. Yeah. I was drowning, and all he would give me was his dick. You know what? But let's be honest here. Rick, bet- would, Rick would respond to that scenario with, I can't use my hands. I can only use my teeth. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, really, if it's life or death, you got to latch on to something, right? <laughs> I mean... Well, you think your lips are really going to save you or does teeth? Like, come on, dude. I mean, desperate measure calls for desperate times, and you so, know, so it Luke, is what it is. How much did Greg prep you for what you were walking into tonight? Uh, it, Zero. I think there was a comment of, you have no idea what you're getting into. Okay, all right. And, and would you say that was accurate? That was more than fair. So is this where we start removing clothing as we keep podcasting? Well, you know, of and and I will say this: of all of the stories tonight, Mister Stamper down there is the only one that has involved no clothes. Yeah, no, he had boxers on. Well, I'm just saying. Did I'm you just have socks on. No, no, I think you were barefoot. Yeah. Bare, boxers. Barefoot. I yep. saved the socks for the ride home. Yep. Now I'll tell you where that's truly dangerous <laughs> is is most boxers. We're all familiar with the flap in the front and, and, and with the boxer briefs and with briefs, you know, that, that baby's locked up pretty tight, but, but with boxers, They're, they weren't boxers, boxer briefs, no flap. Okay. So you're, you're rocking locked like, in and like, protected. okay. All right. I was yeah. going to say like keeping you, the silt out. Y- yeah. You know, I was going to say you know, that's, Brian, that's a dangerous I, situation. There. I'm really starting to question your sexuality here. <laughs> Cause you says the guy, you, you really seem to like. Open the gay door up more than anybody. Like we throw a dick joke out, and you run down the rabbit hole with I, it. I'm just analyzing. I'm like, fairly certain these two are just going to argue to figure out who's more gay. I'm just thinking. I'm oh, thinking if we, through if the we were a couple, of, he'd be the bitch in the relationship. Says the guy that is so eager to suck dick. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not here to bum bum. No, I'm just. I'm analyzing like. That's a dangerous, like, we're we're beyond, like, OSHA hazards. You got a third hazard there, and that is the fact that at any given time, that you're flap... you're operating a Sawzall and your dick could pop out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's a dangerous situation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, that's where my mind goes. I, I'm not in it for the gay factor. I'm simply thinking, like, you need to really think about the hazards you're facing here. He's taking evidence, bro. He's taking evidence. <laughs> Guilty as could be. Well, it's already on the podcast. There's right. nothing more that could hurt. <laughs> now, in all seriousness here, Luke, what would you give some advice for some of the young guys, man or woman, getting into the trades? What would that be? Don't call me on November 28th <laughs> saying you're a water truck operator looking for a job. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold on. Put, hold on. Hold on. I, I may have misspoke. November 21st. Today is the 22nd. Don't call me on November 21st stating you're a water truck operator. I was a bit taken back. This is a legit phone call I had gotten yesterday. I, was <laughs> I love a, it. I was a bit taken back by this. I said, I, I, I'm i sorry. You're, you're what? 
<laughs> I am a water truck operator. You're a water truck operator. Okay, that's fantastic. So you got your certifications, your qualifications. That's great. Um, it is currently 18 degrees outside. I don't think we are spraying water anytime in the near future. You didn't future. need no dust control. Uh, not when it's 18 degrees uh, right. outside. Why not? Well, Greg, there's a certain thing. <laughs> Greg Mother frickin' Johnson, there's this weird thing that happens when it dips below 32 degrees. And said water tends to get harder than a honeymoon pee-pee. It freezes. So it's not a good idea to be a water, water truck operator. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a May through September affair. Gotcha. Okay, but yeah, moving along. <laughs> So that is not a good piece of advice for anyone looking to get into the trades. Um, Here's rule number one, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. For the youngsters out there, if it has tits, tires, wheels, or tracks, you better be able to run it. I don't want to hear your excuses. And before you get into any one of these said machines, you had better know how to run a shovel. Because if you can't run a shovel or a rake, you sure as hell don't belong in an excavator, a dozer, because you'll screw up more in five minutes with that piece of equipment than an experienced operator can fix in a week. I'm sorry. I just came back from the the bathroom. Did I hear that correctly? It was tits, tracks, or wheels? Tires. Yep. You tits, tracks, tires. tires. Okay. Okay. Tits, tracks, or tires. Yep. And or we tracks. are referring to... The tits as a machine. You better be willing to climb in, in that machine. Well, women are a machine in their own. You better know how to operate them because nobody. I mean, Hitachi Luke, brand. I, I've been married for 10 years and I haven't quite all the way figured out the levers on mine yet. I'm getting uh, close. Yes. They're is, like an old dragline crane. They change daily. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you got to re-spool that shit. A lot of maintenance. You got you to gotta roll with the punches, but just sitting here listening to all of us, if they can put up with our goofy asses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. God. Yeah. Dude, I almost drug my wife on here just to be like. Oh, we're dragging well, our wife. So on we're going to do a wife's yeah. only podcast just at some to be point. like, I want you to tell the audience how lonely it is during yes. peak season yes. of us working our way into the ground. Taking care of the kids by themselves, well, maintaining the house by themselves. That's when they hire the babysitter and they go out with Michael Bolton or Sounds like there's the a story there. These days. What? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> what happened in your house? What? Christmas vacation, uh, Vegas vacation, not so, Michael Bolton. What's that so cat's name? So you guys name? got a boyfriend involved. <laughs> I, I feel it. like we just opened up a second podcast. Yeah. No, what was we, that in we Vegas went from vacation? Dick jokes to swingers, bro. Right. <laughs> Not Michael Bolton. What the heck was his Michael name? Michael Bolton was Office Space. Yeah, no. Uh, seriously, what was his name? <laughs> Vegas Michael vacation. Bolton. Chevy Chase. Uh, oh, Wayne Newton. Uh, was it? Uh, Wayne Newton. National Lampoons. Yeah. Uh, Vegas vacation. Was it Vegas vacation? Yeah. Wayne Newton. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. who it was. I love it. Yeah. Good enough. Close. Yeah, there you go. All right, so I've got a question for you, and this is, this is I'm just going to give credit. I stole it. I stole it. I stole it. I'm sorry. It was Matt's buddy. What's your purpose in life? What's your purpose? Purpose in life is, uh, you know, I've spent my entire life working and working and working, and I've actually focused a little bit too much on work. Um, I need to focus on being a better dad because I have completely neglected my kids these past eight, nine years yeah. building this entire company. Um, my purpose in life is to 
you can't perfect everything in life, right? Sure. Um, there's a lot of things I'll go down in as a failure, and I'm good with that. But I want to make my mark in this world as a good businessman. But I want to be a good dad to my kids, and you know, a good husband, and a good businessman with good ethics, and you know, just known for doing the right things. And um, there's a lot of this competition. Again, we're not going to get into names and any of that, but there's a lot of competition out there that's just going around doing hack work. Shit work, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And um, that's just not the way. And I'm just going to touch on a subject real quick. For example, uh, septic fields. And it is an ongoing battle that I have with the health department around here. Um, there is a lot um, of installers that are going around throwing class two sand in septic fields and it absolutely boils my blood there's septic sand what yeah wow yeah at twelve dollars a ton picked up instead of 450 oh or 575 they're they're legit contractors throwing down every day and that is my biggest fuck we need to go redo my field so (laughs) dude you know what i'm in the same realm with luke around here it happens daily, and the biggest time you see them is in mound systems. No shit. Yeah. And no deep cuts. I, I every deep system cuts, deep yeah. cuts any cut. I in I I again. We're not going to mention names. We're not even going to touch on that subject. No. And if you're doing the right thing, great for you. If you're not, shame on you. Yeah. And so when I say when I want to make it and where I want to be and how I want to succeed to me doing the right thing, it's not measured on equipment, trucks, cars, um, overall success status or stature in life. It's just measured on, you know what, when I'm dead and gone, I did what I was supposed to do. I can answer for everything I've done. And that's, that's pretty much it. Well said, my man. I I will say, um, great perspective on on understanding the need to dial back for the kids. That's one thing our, I feel our industry in particular really struggles with is putting work above and beyond everything else. And and it's one thing to do it to our wives. To an extent, our wives knew what they were getting into and they signed up for it, but but our kids didn't. And, and as dads... Um, and don't get me wrong, because there's there's a lot of females in the trades. There's more and more every day. So so obviously, mom has a huge role in the kids' lives. But by far and away, the majority of people in the trades are guys. And dads have a really unique role in, in the development of those kids. And it is consistent across the board that our industry does not put any value on being a dad. It is show up to work Push. and you work. You got a, to do it. You got push. There it is. <laughs> but you you show up to work and you work your ass off, and that is that is what makes a man. And I'm sorry, there's a huge component left out of that. There's a a lot of being a man is taking time to raise your kids, and and that's just that's something that we've got to change as an industry. When when did you realize that you need to make a change? Because obviously you were so engaged and so involved building a company. When did you realize you needed to be there for the kids? Like, when did it hit you and how? Uh, I can't even take credit for that because literally my wife came to me and I started making some shocking discoveries. I'm like, oh, wait, my daughter likes this. Wait, my son likes that. 
and she came to me. She's like, listen, you're not even around, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but this summer was literally the first time I partook in a family vacation, and I only went for a day and a half, yeah. and just to see the look on my kid's face for showing up for a day and a half. Dad! To, yeah. I mean, and just seeing that, it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. Great. What what am I doing all this for? If I fall over dead tomorrow, what what good is one hundred percent? One hundred percent. And uh, you know, there's a lot of instances, and eventually, you just got to grab a hold of yourself and be like, okay, I'm doing all of this for my family, and if you don't enjoy your family, what's the purpose? Absolutely. And. <clears throat> Unfortunately, when you build this, you get so focused and dial in on it so much that you lose focus of all of that. Yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to multitask and take on several huge responsibilities such as that and you just you got to find time and do it. And once you hit that benchmark to where you've almost made it, you've got to kind of dial back and put everything else yes. right up there with it. And and I will it say it does take that that 8 9 year push though. It, it does. It most definitely it does, does and, because and if you lay down and quit before that, you might as well take everything and throw it on just throw you, on the you towel. You have to get to where I, I I mean I've owned my business now for 15 years, 7 17 years. And you have to get to where you can plateau and you're in your comfy spot. Right. If yeah. you're if you're you're you know, and, and I hate to say this, and I, I, I don't really want to say it, but <clears throat> you can't quit early. You no. have to be to the point to where you can say, you know what? If all holy hell breaks loose, I can still afford this. I'm not going to lose the house. I'm not going to lose, you know, you have to be financially in a spot where you can say, maybe Agreed. not like paid for everything, but you know that if all holy hell breaks loose, you got time. your family is going to be in good shape. Yeah, and if if there's a doubt in your mind, you're not ready to to, yep. to loosen up. You got to keep your nose to the grindstone and just keep fucking. Well, shoving. and the touch on that though, we're in the heaviest capital business, yeah, around. So as you're growing this business and you're buying these irons that come with massive fucking payments, yep, you can't let off the accelerator. But you know, yeah, and right about the time that you're finished paying for that piece of equipment that one's wore out because you just got started you pull the eight-year note on it so that one's clapped out so now you got to bring in the next one and then when you bring in the next one you need your new piece whether it be you know this one was an excavator you need a new dozer now and it just it never ends it's just it's just it's not but there is a freaking stop there there There, is a comfy spot I don't know if there really is. Or maybe you're just numb to it because maybe I'm gonna go with numb. <clears throat> oh. That was that was my ring that went shooting across. I, I did. My cock ring, my very tiny cock ring. <laughs> I will say though. Well, um, that's really what you thought about your marriage there, buddy. Flinging <laughs> across. Maybe, maybe that's where I'm at, is maybe I'm just numb to it. It's like whatever, you know what I mean? But when I first started in the trades, like I had to hump, I had to pay for those tools. I yeah, had well, to pay you for do. The house. You do. You got you the do. initial startup costs that <laughs> yep. you can't bear, but to no. keep grinding, right? No, no I, was, I was grinding 16, 18 hours a day, every day. Doesn't matter. Bitter cold, hot sun. Didn't matter. Just what was your porn name? What? what was your porn name? 
One hung row. <laughs> no, no, it would have been tiny egg roll. <laughs> tiny egg roll, seeking cream of some young guy. <laughs> so I will say there's 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 an aspect of the trades that needs to change. What I don't change. want people to do is just come in and be like, well, I had to be a dad. I couldn't I couldn't provide for my family. Well, there, there's guys. The system, you know what I mean? Uh, agree, but there there is there is an aspect of the trades that does need to change, and the only way it's going to change is. By generationally, we make the change. Our yeah, kids. That's why the union started. Well, and unfortunately, it has gotten so far out of hand. Yep. So, so let that we've hey, forgotten where it came hang, from. Hang tight, just hang, hang tight, Rick. Rick, yeah, Rick, hey. Rick God damn it, I gotta make my point. So, our kids at, the, our, the, at the end of the day, our kids. I'm sorry. Learn how to be adults from us, and especially as dads, we have a critical role. Uh, dad's awesome, you know. I want to be like dad, and so if dad spends his whole life during my childhood prioritizing work, prioritizing the business, well, that's what being a man is like, and I'm naturally going to do that. And that's why, generationally, in my opinion, that's why generationally the trades work astronomical hours. We continue to put family second or third down the totem pole and we continue to have our kids grow up where we didn't get to experience their childhoods and what it's going to take is guys like luke stopping and going no 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 what not gonna happen no what no it's not gonna happen guys like luke you that guy right there that guy and i it ain't gonna change it's not going to change until society fucking changes of this instant world. But let me let me stop you right there. Well, I can I can back you up right there and say something that you touched on earlier and you touched on what can I recommend to the youngest kids out here getting ready to get into this and yep. things they're doing. We might need to clean up the language to gain some more younger audience on this, which is Maybe a good idea. Um, Cleaning but, up the language? Well, fuck that. <laughs> we we are going to do a podcast for the younger generation. But hear we me will. out. We will. So best advice is make hay while the sun's shining. If these young snot-nosed kids get out right now, if they make it up like I did, in my mind that you're not going to go to college, you're not going to do this, you can get out there at the age of 18 years old. And you can literally go out today and go start making a hundred grand. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Walking out of high school, it, you don't even need your diploma. You can have that. You don't even need to walk. Walking is a waste of your time. Nobody cares. Have them mail it to your house. Get your ass out in the field today. Go out there. Go work your ninety hours a week, and you save, save, save every doggone dime. Start your four hundred one k. Start saving for yourself. Start saving for tomorrow. Earn, earn, earn. And by the time you're twenty five, you dial it back. You yes. put it in cruise control. You yep. meet the woman of your wife. You have your family, and then you go from one hundred and thirty seven hours a week to. A reasonable, yeah, a reasonable <laughs> and, and, 80 to 90. And that's kind of where I was starting to go with my stuff is, is right. you, you nailed it on the head. Make hay when the sun shines. Yep. You have a limited time to get that nest egg in the bank where you're comfortable, where you can go, well, fuck, if I break my arm, I can survive six months without a paycheck. If you don't have that, you're constantly going to be panicking. Oh, yeah. 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 So get your nest egg built. And, and go from there. Yeah. But but my overall arching point is the trades, 
we They're like demanding. to that what well, they are demanding, but we also like to we like to tout ourselves as being this family friendly thing, and it's it's family friendly in the sense that you get to bring your kids up and run heavy equipment. It's not family friendly. I'm sorry, but if I have to skip every single one of my kids' soccer games and baseball games and karate or whatever the fuck your kids are into, and I have to skip every single one because, well, sorry, dad's got to work. That's not a family friendly industry. Don't don't pull the wool over everyone's eyes and try to fake yourself out and think that we are. We're not. But that also has to do with the company that you work for. But but this is where I go with in the industry that you get in generationally, this has to change. And I and we're already starting to see it. You see the new kids coming in now. They don't want to pull the crazy hours. And I'm sorry, I, you guys can argue with me until you're blue in the face. I'll argue with any of the listeners till they're blue in the face. I agree. We we as an industry right now, none of us can dial back personally because competition will eat us alive yes. as an industry. We need to back the fuck down on the hours. I'm sorry, but that is, we should not be spending 80% of our lives at work. And then family gets that little 20% that's left over when dad's already yeah, fucking you, tired. You He's in a bad to, mood. You would have to move to a warm state where they do this year round. And Believe I was gonna it or say, not, work I here found in that if you just tell them that uh, when they call on Thursday and tell you you need them there today or we need you here today. Dude, we'll see you Monday. You don't like it? I've been your faithful steward for seven years. 100%. And a lot of there's, it. There are certain instances where shit hits the fan, and there is nothing you can do, say, or that there's nothing that's going to change it, and there are those instances. But as I as I move forward in this business, I realize what's important um, because I know a lot of people – in this industry. Um, I know a lot of people that own businesses and I've seen what it can do to them. And it's like, holy shit, you're 60 years old. You look like you're 90. Like I, your kids don't give a fuck about you. Right. I don't want to be that guy. And again, this is not a conversation I'm going to mention names in, but uh, it's just, it can get real harsh when all you care about is that. And it's like, okay, well, you've spent your entire life building this baby and who's going to take over it when you're dead and gone? Well, the company is going to get disemboweled and nobody gives a shit about it and they just piece it apart to collect your life earnings and you're gone. No, I want my daughter to take over my wife's position. My wife runs payroll, 401k insurance she takes care of all the book work everything signed sealed and delivered and my daughter takes an interest in that my son absolutely loves the equipment aspect of not it not a chance i'm stealing your son he's gonna be a plumber uh, yeah gonna happen. you, you can luck. have my son Greg. well you got my dozer so that you might stand a <laughs> that chance. was a nice dozer by the way you I enjoy, like that? Oh, I enjoy that. That is, That's I'll tell new, you what, that is a to, nice dozer. It is a nice dozer. I'm not going to interrupt. It is a beautiful, wonderful dozer. It is. But I was at his house doing a service call the other day, and his son was just the fucking bomb. He was like, let me, I mean, he was like engrossed in it, like trying to help out. I mean, I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. Gonna so be my son, I recently, about six, eight months ago, at this point in time when I said I took a step back and really dialed in. So my son goes with me on every Saturday. Every Saturday is the boys' day. We go and spend the day together, and there are serious consequences for that. My boy, Coda, 
Haslock taught him the f bomb. His uh, his favorite vocabulary is f f f f. Every single every other word f f f f f. Yep. He picked up on that. Yep. So no matter what we do, if we're going over to Uncle Coda's house to help him work on trucks. Hank's there. If we're going to the shop to work on our trucks, Hank's there. If we're going to our shop to work on equipment, Hank's there. If we're going to the job site to lay a septic field, Hank's there. It does not matter. Saturdays are for the boys. Hank is there. Hank spends the day with dad. If we're going to look at jobs, Hank is there. He needs to learn, understand, and appreciate. And even though we may not be spending the most quality time together, he is with dad. We are spending time together and making a happen. Well, I would those argue, are memories uh, yes. that he's Agreed. mopping yes. up. Correct. That when he gets older, he'll go, I did this with dad. 100%. I remember. I, I was going to say... I would argue if, that that's not some of the best quality time. You no, that well, is it is absolutely. It's, well, it's, depending on the scenario and said circumstance, it can be. But I can tell you this. I can come home from work in summer at 7 o'clock at night, sun setting, and the first thing my kid does is run up to me, give me a hug. Both of them. They both do. Dana and Hank. They'll run in. They'll give me a big hug. And Hank runs in. Daddy, I want to go on the loader. Daddy, I want to yeah. go on the dozer. Yeah. Depending on what happened, because unfortunately my house has kind of turned into a stockade. I it is store that. material, stumps, whatever. And depending on what material showed up on said day, you know, we'll either have to push it up or push the stumps up or burn something. Or and the first thing I it, literally so last yesterday. Uh, Ricky Haslock brought me a bunch of stumps and I had the loader parked in the opposite direction because I was pushing up stumps all day. Hank rolls in from school and the first thing he says when he walks through the door, you were on the loader today. Yeah. Well, why didn't you wait for me? Well, son, (laughs) the trucks had it all the way out into the driveway. I had to get everything pushed up. Well, can we go out there now? All right, son. Yeah, let's go. Whatever. Yeah. I... But I bet you that kid knows how to push stumps well, already. Well, not only old? that, I was going to... He's getting there. How old? How old He's is he? three. Yeah. Yeah, so and, I... And, and I'll tell you... he knows how to do that. He might He's not know there. how to operate the controls. Right. But he knows that dad does it this way. Correct. Well, and the that beautiful thing is... up on 90% of kids out there correct. right now. And, and the beautiful thing about it is, even if he grows up and becomes a computer programmer... He I will, will disown him. He will always <laughs> agree, remember, and love, and have a respect for the times that I used to spend in dab with the cab. And and you know what? He's never going to look down on a tradesman because that's dad out there. Th- right. Those guys are dad working out there in those stumps. Like that's that's where the trades really come into play. At the end of the day, I don't give a fuck if my kids decide to go to college or go into the trades. I don't give a fuck. Do what makes you happy. But the fact that I have roped them into this and they have watched me struggle in this industry and they have watched the hard work that goes into it, they will never look down on the trades. That's that's how we as tradesmen start this whole revolution of getting respect back to the trades. Outside of doing the podcast and, and the video stuff, it is the day-to-day Make your kids understand that there is nothing shameful about doing hard work. It's honorable work, and they will never look down on a tradesman. Sweat equity. Yes, 100%. So I'm going to hit you with a question. If you found a hot rod kid, I mean a kid that had a lot of potential, you were toe-to-toe with him, you had one thing to say to him, one 
word of wisdom Ooh, to give him? That's a, what would you give him? That's a motherfucking question. Want him back. <laughs> yeah. But what would you say to him as, you know, a coach in life? What would you say to him? And I say this because we get a lot of kids that come to me and Rick and him. Yeah. And say. Oh, that guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Me, Rick, Brian. <laughs> And say, you know, how do I get into this? What do I do? Well, what would you say to him? I mean, how do I get into it? What do I do? It, pick up the phone and start calling, number one. Yeah. I guarantee you, I can tell you right now, I have not had one high school kid call me in the past three years looking for work. Yeah. Not one. I had one young man that worked for me. But he I was there the for two. Rod, the kid that already... You know, he knew what a 916th wrench was. Yep. He knew how to grease a machine. I had one. What are you going to say to that kid? Don't lose that drive. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm I'm going to tell you exactly what I told him. I want you to calm down and steady by jerks. You need to just focus on the prize ahead. You need to understand I'm grooming you. Not everything is instant gratification. Yeah. You're not going to be running this company tomorrow. It is the long haul. Yeah. And I promise you, if you put in the work, you do the time, it will be worth it in the end. But it's not an instant gratification. This is not McDonald's. This is more of a, a Culver's approach. Does everyone here like Culver's? Yeah. I love that. Culver's is, the, is incredible. That is the elite of fast foods. And yeah. I'm not even going to classify it as fast food because, well, anymore, I, we, we've we already went over Little Caesar's hot and ready. You're um, sitting in line at Culver's. Uh, bro, you're going to sit in line. It don't matter what time it is. But guess what? I have never once had cold fries, I've never once had a cold burger. I've never once had a hot milkshake that was that was melted. I will quality. I will, I will sum that all up. I've never regretted waiting for Culver's. Never. Yep. So it's not something that's an instant gratification. It's not a light switch. So that to the young hotshot kids out there that know that knows what they're doing, that knows what the wrench is, that knows their way around a shovel. Be patient. Bide your time. You know, and I, you just got to, if there's something that you're not getting from your current employer, literally pull that employer aside and say, hey, I have a better opportunity over here. There's something that I'm not getting. You need to converse with them and say, I need this. And guaranteed with the way times are now, because I lost that young hotshot kid um, back before COVID happened, right, right in the midst of when none of this took place. And, uh, these opportunities that are available now didn't exist. Right. You know, where you walk on and you got a match 401k, you got insurance when you walk on, none of this happened or existed at that point in time. But if you can just stay the course and use your words, I do feel just like what you're talking about, I do feel a lot of people try to sprint to the finish line, not realizing it's a marathon. It's a marathon. They don't understand that the education that they're getting, they just see the forefront of, I want to be the boss. I want to be in the machines. But when shit goes sideways, they've never been in the shoes or the experience. To South deal. failed. Yeah. They've yeah. never been there. So 
Yeah. They get kind of burned out of, well, I just want to get here. Well, you're not there yet. You think about it, though. The newer generation, the ones that we're dealing with, these kids that we're talking about, they grew up on the internet. They grew up with cell phones. It is. Their entire life is instant gratification. And I'm sorry, but the trades will never deliver on that. I I was very fortunate to be born when I was born because you had to wait for the telephone to ring. You had to wait for your buddy to call you. You had to wait for a letter in the mail. I, I learned patience from that. Better yet, you had to wait to make a phone call because it was a landline and dad that's, was on the phone. That's well, what yeah. I'm saying. You these had to learn to labor, want, bro. These things, kids <laughs> want things right fucking yeah. now, yeah. if not faster. Yeah. And right. it don't work like that. Dude, yep. do you remember when the internet first came out and you had 56 KBS? Ooh, we talked about that a Waiting couple podcasts ago. to upload? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, we oh, talked about gosh, that. Oh, my gosh, it's coming. <sighs> like, you, you just get the pixelated colors yeah. that are in the shape of That's roughly a nipple. Do you remember buffering? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, you had good coaches in the seats back then. Yep. They didn't allow you to advance if you were shit labor. Right. And if you couldn't help the operator and make his job easier, he made your job even worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I actually worked for a digger one time on operator. That, like if you were slacking, <clears throat> instead of hitting that grade right where he could, yeah, he'd he leave a little extra. Yeah. 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 Shovel. Yeah, hell yeah. With a flat shovel. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't giving you a spade. Yeah. Fuck you. Now you <laughs> fucking spoon. Now That's you right. leave it three inches high. They're sitting there with one hand on the cell phone going, come back. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Luke, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. I had a blast. This has been this has been a good time. It's been a good podcast. And as always, thank you, the listeners, for tuning in because we have a great time with this and we're happy that you follow along. Stay tuned. We actually have video coming. Like the shit is on order. It's actually, this will probably. We're we're trying to see if it's going to beat the website. It will beat the website. 100% Brian's telling us he's coming. Oh, Brian's been coming. And we haven't even gotten to the point where you hear noises on the show yet. So we're a long way off from that. But I will say, the video shit is on order. And it will be here in the next month. And we're setting this baby up. We're going to be live on YouTube within the next month. So stay tuned. Rick's going to have to start wearing pants. He will. I, you know, we haven't talked about that. You but know, well, God we damn might, it, Rick. Why might... did you have to fucking point that out? <laughs> I, well, we well we because we're, we're not in the secret. truck anymore. <laughs> and it's not about fuel mileage. <laughs> now Rick's just sitting here. Bush hanging out. You get brain it. on the left. Brain on the right. It's just getting weird. <laughs> but see, he gets it, though, because the freak show has arrived. 2022 is here. The dial has cranked. You know what I mean? We are going to attract all sorts of guests. 2023 is going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Uh, You know what? When you got the cutest man in the freaking house, naked pretty much, like (laughs) who does not want to stare? Did he? The guy who's been denying being gay all night long just called himself the cutest man in the house. We're going to end on that note. God damn it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on Sweat and Grime. See ya. See ya.